And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. But soon we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield ever, ever, ever. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never, ever back down. We will never let you down as long as we are confident and united. The tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. Good morning, everyone. It's Thursday. MAGA Thursday. Big rally last night in Florida. Oh, wait, there was a GOP debate? Oh, really? Must have missed it. Woke up this morning with a MAGA energy flowing through my bloodstream. Good morning, everybody. Another great MAGA morning. Get your guns. <laughs> Where's the FBI? Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's Thursday. MAGA Thursday. Hope you're all doing great. Get on in here. Hit the thumbs up on your way in. Leave a comment. Don't be a fed. Don't be a fed. That great opening video. I've played it a couple times. It never gets old. From Lauren Eve. From the Dilly Meme team. The Dilly Meme team was uh, working overtime last night. Putting the morons of the DeSantard camp in place. I think we all were. So I got a lot today. We got a lot. I got some stuff that I wanted to cover yesterday that I didn't get to that I want to get to today. So I don't know. We're in it for the long haul. I don't know how long we're going for today, but it's definitely, I I probably got a good hour and a half, two hours. So yes, smash the like button, drop a comment in the comments where they live forever. Or you're a fed. If you get a moment, 
at some point, go on the Rumble channel. You can get there very easily, 1776live.tv. Make sure you hit the follow. But go and give the thumbs up on all the videos. It really helps the Rumble algorithm. And uh, that's weird how sometimes people have issues with chats and sometimes they don't. I've never had that issue on Rumble, even if I'm popping into other shows in the chat really quick. I've never encountered that, but I've heard from several people that on Rumble, they sometimes have an issue with the chat. And yeah, growing pains, but, uh, you know, it's better than YouTube. It's, I'm sorry, but, and and all the other, all the, all the other platforms are just stupid. Anyway, so, last night, there was, I guess, a, I guess there was a debate. I literally have never watched one for obvious reasons. Trump is not there, so it's useless. I will say that there were some hot takes from Vivek Ramaswamy attacking DeSantis, and I only saw that because of what people were posting on Twitter. I didn't sit there and watch it. I didn't watch a lot of the Trump rally either. I was preoccupied, but I was you know, uh, checking back with uh, with Twitter, and of course I would always look at the either Team Trump page or Trump War Room or any of the dilly memers to see what was going on. And I think what's great is every time there is a Trump event, the DeSantards have nothing other than to take deceptive photos of some seats that are empty or it'll be at the event, you know, 12 hours before Trump is supposed to be there and then say that nobody showed up. And we know that it was bullshit and what's crazy is they know all of the videos are going to be out there. They know that the photos are going to be out there, and they don't lie. And they're going to be debunked and looked like idiots, but they don't care that never back down Twitter page, DeSantis's pack. They are a bunch of retards. There's no other way to describe them. And you had, what, five losers there on stage. I don't know who they they're even saying won the debate. Uh, Donald Trump won that debate. It was actually clear when I did see the clip where they were literally chanting Trump at a debate that he was nowhere near. And the producer or maybe the moderator, whoever it was, said, Something like, oh, that's all well and great, but we're not going to do that again because we have a lot of great candidates here we have to hear from. No, you don't. They all suck. They're all stupid. They're all auditioning for jobs that they'll never get and hopefully never get. I I, I really don't want to see any of them now at this point because of their self-serving place in the GOP of thinking that they can still win. They should all have dropped out months ago and rallied their support behind Donald Trump just on the sole fact of what they're trying to desperately do to prevent Donald Trump from being president again. They're all shit. They're all shit. Good morning, everybody. Glad you're here. We're going to do some Trump rally highlights. We're going to do a little bit of that. Give me one second. I'm just trying to set my up here why that's not working oh here we go ah i got it i got it anyway come on in hit the thumbs up don't be a fed i thought this was great this uh chris lasavita the trump 
He's basically the, the Trump campaign manager. Yeah, he, uh, he's the lead guy over there. Great guy, you know, uh, great political mind, um, military veteran. He's just really, really good people. He posted this. It was an, an, an uh, I guess, an NBC news story. I don't know if it, the voice is, if it's a voiceover dub or whatever, but going into the uh, GOP debate yesterday. And welcome to a special edition of Meet the Press Now, coming to you live from beautiful Miami, Florida, as we count down to the third Republican presidential debate hosted by NBC News. I'm Garrett Hake, live from our NBC News debate hall spin room, where we are just hours away from five Republican candidates taking the stage. Tonight, it's arguably a game of survival, as the field faces major questions about the state of their own campaigns and the state of this race, with frontrunner Donald Trump maintaining his commanding lead and once again skipping the contest. This is Ron DeSantis, an establishment rhino that wears insoles in his boots in order to look taller. Stop. And this is Nikki Haley. Nobody really gives a shit about Nikki Haley. <laughs> this guy is probably just a stagehand. Who the fuck invited this guy? All right, it's a voiceover. This over. guy is probably just delivering pizzas. <laughs> anyway, nobody cares about these bullshit rhino debates, especially when you know that Donald Trump is going to kick some ass tonight. <laughs> Oh my god. Alright, I, I did not I didn't listen to the whole thing. I literally listened to like the first five seconds, ten seconds of it. And that that's that's great. That's great. I love it. And it's so true. Who are these people? You you're you're running against the Donald. Who are these people? That was out of fucking control. You know what? I got to play it again. I, I don't care what you think. I'm playing it again. And welcome to a special edition of Meet the Press Now, coming to you live from beautiful Miami, Florida, as we count down to the third Republican presidential debate hosted by NBC News. I'm Garrett Hake, live from our NBC News debate hall spin room, where we are just hours away from five Republican candidates taking the stage. Tonight, it's arguably a game of survival, as the field faces major questions about the state of their own campaigns and the state of this race, with frontrunner Donald Trump maintaining his commanding lead and once again skipping the contest. This is Ron DeSantis, an establishment rhino that wears insoles in his boots in order to look taller. And this is Nikki Haley. Nobody really gives a shit about Nikki Haley. This guy is probably just a stagehand. Who the fuck invited this guy? And this guy is probably just delivering pizzas. Wow. Anyway, nobody cares about these bullshit rhino debates, especially when you know that Donald Trump is going to kick some ass tonight. Oh, my God. I'm literally crying. Holy shit. Who the fuck is this guy? This guy's just delivering pizzas. Tim Scott is a stagehand. Wow. Yeah, that's right. We have the, the boot the boot emotes for the chat. Oh man. That was amazing. That was amazing. Wow. But yeah. So the whole deceptive editing. Well, not not the deceptive editing. The deceptive photography or of of the DeSantards at the Trump rally because they want to attempt to make it seem like nobody cares about Donald Trump. Donald Trump literally 
in Governor DeSantis's home state, dominating support, dominating crowds, dominating events. And he's just still standing there, licking his lips, looking like, you know, the poster boy for autism. No offense to those who may have loved ones with autism. But that's what he looks like. He he just he, he doesn't he doesn't have a poker face. He he he's not oh he's presidential. No, he's not. He's a clown. He's a clown that wears lifts in his boots. He's a clown. And everybody knows it. And I, I they honestly believe because some no-name governor in Iowa who begged Donald Trump to endorse her and then says that Donald Trump begged her to endorse him, which was not the case at all, by the way. He asked. She denied. I would be upset, too, since, you know, he he did it for her. In any case, it doesn't make a difference. This is a woman that wants to resettle illegals in her state, among other things. DeSantis can have her. She's not winning DeSantis, Iowa. It's not happening. It's not. Hey, good morning, Pepper, uh, Pepperoni. Not Pepperoni, Pepperoni. Thank you. Now, Buck Fiden's in the chat. Ron DeSantis is embarrassing everyone around him. <clears throat> uh, good morning, Jonathan Allen. Yes, I will. I will hard today, by the way. <laughs> it's Friday Eve. <clears throat> so anyway, those of asking for the Tuesday and Friday evening shows, again, my co-host James, his uh, his mother's having a little procedure done, so he's he's tending to her. She's okay and everything, but he's, you know, doing the good son thing, so he hasn't been available to do a show on Tuesdays and Fridays. We're probably going to be back uh, next week at some time. He's doing some traveling, so I know a few people had messaged me yesterday asking about the Tuesday, Friday show. So just so you know, that's where we're at with that. And we will be continuing it. It's just a matter of uh, when, probably maybe after next week, but we'll be back for that. But of, of course, I'll be here every Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern on Rumble, 1776live.tv. Just put that in your web browser and it'll take you right there. Hog is in the house. Morning, motherfuckers. There he is. One of the great dilly memers. So we'll get to a couple highlights from the rally in a second, but this was interesting. This came out last night, early after 10 o'clock, and I love, I love the sometimes the CNN polls because and how they, I'm sure, reluctantly want to report about it and post. But Trump is now leading Joe Biden among men of color in new CNN poll. I think he's talking about, is he talking about? Black men, they black. Yep, black men. Well, maybe Hispanic men. Maybe they they call them uh, the men of men of color. Also, yep. Loomer was got a shout out by the uh, the Donald, my good friend Laura Loomer. I will be speaking with her later today. Uh, my good friend Roger Stone who I was texting with yesterday. He got a nice shot out from 45. Donald Trump knows and acknowledges those that are loyal to him and that work very hard, whether it's publicly or behind the scenes, in supporting him. 
they whether the team acknowledges and sees what you're doing there are a lot of people out there that are are dying for that acknowledgement and then there are people like me who are doing it because and people like Roger Stone and people like Laura Loomer that are doing it because we really care about saving this country and others you have my good friend Paul Ingrassia who puts out a great sub stack he should be on on uh, Twitter who Donald Trump retreats all the time Paul's a very good friend of mine you had my good friend there covering the Trump rally Mike Crispy from LFA TV he was there I thought <clears throat> it was great that Roseanne was out there in support of Donald Trump you know she got a raw deal when they made her look like a racist, which she is not. And uh, she's the real deal. She's MAGA through and through. And she came out and she said, listen, I'm going to say this. Aren't you tired of this deep state bullshit? You know, the deep state doesn't exist if you ask establishment rhinos and Democrats alike. They will tell you that the deep state doesn't exist, but we know. So Trump now leading Joe Biden among men of color in new CNN poll. According to a new CNN poll, Trump is now leading Joe Biden among men of color. Oh, I hate that term. Among blacks. Well, everyone's afraid to say blacks, the Hispanics. We're, we're afraid to say it. I have black friends that will never say African-American. And if you do, they will correct you. No, I'm not African. I'm black. I'm American. I'm black. It's it's funny. Trump did better with minority voters in 2016 and 2020 than anyone expected him to, but now it looks like his numbers are getting even better. He gets 15% of the black vote. It's a landslide. This is precisely why Democrats are panicked and trying to keep Trump off the ballot in some states, which is not working, by the way, which is not working. Minnesota put a kibosh on that shit. We'll put a, we'll, we'll cover that at some point. Again, we're going to be here for a while today. I got a lot to cover. There's stuff I wanted to cover yesterday that I didn't. And you know how I rant and then talking to you people. We, we may have a two, two and a half hour show today. I, I just, the Roseanne Barr thing really did it for me last night. I was like, this is great. Somebody should have gotten her like a, a, a box to stand on or lowered the microphone. I felt so bad for her. The podium was like, you could barely, I didn't know who it was at first because I didn't hear her get announced. And I'm like, who is this? I'm like, oh shit, that's Roseanne. It's funny. <clears throat> so yeah, Democrats are panicked because again, Donald Trump is polling great among the blacks and Hispanics. You have rappers coming out in support of him, black entertainers, Hispanic entertainers, Hispanic rappers, uh, just so many people are coming out, these these big entertainment figures. Nobody's coming out in support like this for Ron DeSantis. Nobody. Who's, who's coming out in support of Ron DeSantis with that kind of energy and following and platform? It's over, Ron. Take your lifts and go home. Go home and govern your state. Oh, by the way, Casey DeSantis, Jill, his wife, is apparently doing very well in a poll for – governor of florida for 2026 and roger stone had said it a long time ago to me that he sees casey desantis running for governor in 2026 and most likely a lot of resentment and probably a, a divorce between her and ron but we'll see former president donald trump leads president joe biden by three points among men of color a year out a Tuesday CNN poll found a shocking revelation for Democrats who hope the president can win re-election. 
49% of men of color supported Trump. The poll found just 46% backed Biden. The polling among black men shows a stark contrast from the 2020 election results. 42% of black men are eligible voters. 12% of eligible black men voted for Trump. 87% of black men supported Biden. The contrast is also stark among male Hispanic voters in 2020. 58% of Hispanic men are eligible voters. 40% voted for Trump. Hispanic men, 57% of Hispanic men voted for Biden. Allegedly. All depends on how you look at it with the rigging and stealing. Those numbers, maybe not so accurate. Shocking, shocking, said Van Jones. He's such a piece of shit. A CNN commentator. The black male, that's a stunner. Black women have been in the lead, but black men haven't been that far behind. And here are some more details from the CNN poll from Big Head Charlie Kirk, who I can't stand the fucking sight of. He makes my skin crawl. Grifter extraordinaire. CNN's newest poll has Trump beating Biden 49 to 45%. Trump beats Biden with voters under 35, 48 to 47%. Now, these aren't, you know, very big margins, but it's interesting this far out. Trump is winning indies 45 to 41%. Well, they tend to be um, more conservative a lot. 51% say there is no chance they'd vote for Biden, 48% for Trump. Black support for Biden has plummeted by 25 points. And it goes on and on and on. It's a national poll. It's just, again, forget the polls, okay? Forget the polls. Let's see what's happening in real time out there with men of color, black men, Hispanic men, black women who are coming out in support of Donald Trump. I think it's important to pay attention to. But also, not the only thing you should be paying attention to. Everything is on the table. Everyone is on the table. I think a big demographic of voters that has to be concentrated on is still independents, moderate Republicans, wishy-washy moderate Democrats that are leaning more right every day because of the shit policies that the Biden regime has put in place and and enforced and, and affected their lives with. But again... The anomaly in all of this is RFK Jr. is now running as an independent whose campaigns just needs to be completely annihilated off the map. I don't know if he'll successfully get on the ballot in every state because there are different rules for independents, like having to name your vice president running mate and uh, other things. So who knows? But, you know, RFK is raising money. He does have conservatives running his pack, his packs and some of his... Um, campaigning so i think it's a it's a ploy for um work by people the democrat party and the uniparty so republicans and democrats together that are making things happen as far as rfk running as an independent i think the democrats made a deal with him but i also think he might be working He's, it's not just, oh, I'm an independent, I'm RFK Jr., I'm an independent, I'm running for president. It's not the case. It's not the case. He, he's he's a left-wing commie who wants to take your guns and, among other things, loves Hillary Clinton, and he knows 
that him running will hurt Trump if he can successfully get on the ballot in states where it matters, going into the general. Just enough so he can he can hurt Trump and whoever the Democrat is can walk in, maybe Gavin Newsom, and then RFK Jr. can get a spot in the Democrat administration. It's not far-fetched, and I think that is a uh, a strong possibility. So back to, I mean, look at this crowd. Look at this crowd last night. And the DeSantards will come and tell you. I know Hogman's in the chat. He was one of the ones posting about it too. Mags, a lot of them are going, what, what are you guys? What are you guys, fucking morons? You're, you're taking pictures of an overflow area. You're taking pictures of uh, some empty seating way in the back with Trump's voice in the background, but you're not showing the entire stadium and literally putting that out on behalf of Ron DeSantis' campaign saying that nobody is there listening to Trump. Thinking that people aren't going to see all of the Trump surrogates, the Dilly meme team, the Trump supporters, the right wing pundits and whoever else and supporters posting the real videos and photos on the posts of their bullshit, fake, deceptive photos and videos. Look at this. Look at this. about 500 people there, right? Come on. Oh, and let's not forget, this is a Wednesday night. This is in the middle of a work week. Lying Ron. I mean... Sarah Huckabee Sanders. About time she got off her ass. This is a Wednesday night. Middle of the week. Ron DeSantis can't even fill up a fucking coffee house. A high school auditorium. Half of it taken by press. A Wednesday night. Imagine if this was on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon or a Friday night. I'd imagine the crowd would have doubled, but I get to having it on a Wednesday night to prove a point. The same, the same night as the GOP debate. Now I, I have to see because I had, I had a post up. It, it, both of them were streaming on Rumble Live, depending on where you were watching it. There were a lot of people streaming it on Rumble. Laurel Loomer, LFA TV. Um, there were a lot of them. And then you had idiots like Steven Crowder that were having a live watch parties for the GOP debate like anybody gave a shit about. And his his viewership was crap, which was just weird. But there was a, let me see if I have it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Viewers on Trump rally versus the RNC debate. Oh, this is right side broadcasting that had it also. So live RNC third Republican presidential primary debate. The GOP page on Rumble had 60,181 people watching live. 
And at the same time, live the Donald Trump rally, 110,269 watching live. I mean, it, 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 and this is just one, one example. Again, there were a lot of large platforms with large uh, followings and viewership that were watching the Trump debate. Oh, here we go. Here's Mags, Dilly Memer. Donald Trump's not even speaking yet. Show me anywhere that Ron DeSantis can get this crowd, even on a weekend. Show me, and I, I will shut up. I will shut up, and I will never mention a crowd again at a Trump rally. If, if you can show me that Ron DeSantis, tell you what, put all five of those losers at a rally. DeSantis, Scott, Ramaswamy, the Twinkie King of New Jersey, Birdbrain Nikki Haley, all of them up, Assface, Hutchinson, whatever, whoever's still in it, I don't even know, I'm not paying attention. Put them on, a, on the same stage at the same venue and let's see what crowd, what kind of crowd they get. Because if they can fill it like this with all five of them on a stage, I'll, I'll end my show and I'll, whoever can show that to me and, and say, hey, look, I'll give them 10 grand and I will, I will never podcast again ever about politics. It would be over. That's how confident I am that it would never happen. Coffee shops. Elks Clubs, American Legion Halls. Let's just stop the bullshit already, people. And this comes down to, again, the RNC holding on, establishment Republicans holding on, uniparty members, whatever you want to call them, rhino pieces of shit holding on to this notion that Donald Trump will be removed his eligibility to run for president and hold office will be removed, which is not going to happen because there's nothing with the 14th Amendment in Section 3 that Donald Trump is violating. And if you read it, and, and it, it needs to be interpreted by law scholars, but it has, that the 14th Amendment does not even count or affect the office of president and vice president. They were waiting eight hours outside. Steve from England in the house, he knows, and it's a fact. I was watching Christina Bob from Right Side Broadcasting. She's running around like hours, hours before. And Trump didn't get there at the beginning of the rally. Trump showed up, spoke, and left. You know, he, he whatever it was, the, the, the very end. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into some. I got, I got some. Uh, here's J Jason Miller. He was speaking right before. Let's hear what he's got to say with Right Side Broadcasting. He, one of the things that we just heard was that he doesn't have any plans to attend the next debate. I mean, do you want to elaborate on that or just comment? President Trump? Oh, yeah. President Trump won't be participating in the primary. Why debate. would he? He's ahead by 50 points. Why would he go and participate? He's very much looking forward to debating Joe Biden in the general election. I'm not even sure Joe Biden's going to show up. I'm not even sure Joe Biden even knows there is an election next year, quite frankly. <laughs> I think there's uh, American public, as we've seen with the New York Times polling, all of the polling shows that people are just absolutely sick and tired of Joe Biden. Not only does he demonstrate weakness, but uh, the feebleness that he's shown, the disastrous economy, southern border, everything's been a disaster. I mean, he's, he's not he's not lying it, it, it's all fact it's it's all fact right there 
And then here. I mean, you, you got you to gotta love them. No matter how hateful or corrupt the communists and criminals we're fighting against may be, you must never forget this nation does not belong to them. This nation belongs to you. It belongs to the people with us tonight. That's how we won. This is your home. This is your heritage. And our American liberty is your God-given right. 100%. And it has to be protected. <clears throat> And the deep state, the Democrats will not protect it. And I don't believe any uniparty establishment president, uniparty establishment supported presidential candidate like Ron DeSantis would do anything to stop it either because he would realize very quick that he couldn't. Ron DeSantis is a cookie cutter politician. He was subpar congressman. He did all right as governor. Had his problems, but he did good things as governor. But he would not have been governor of Florida ever if it wasn't for Donald Trump. That's a fact. But they will tell you that that's bullshit. They will tell you Ron DeSantis has a history of winning elections. And Donald Trump does not. The only reason Ron DeSantis was able to show what he could do as governor is because of the hype and endorsement he received from Donald Trump. And that is why he won election, yes, by 20 points. They also didn't run anybody good against him. I'm sorry, but if, if they found the right candidate to run against Ron DeSantis, and if this conflict between Trump and DeSantis happened before then, and Trump turned and endorsed someone against Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis may have, may have a problem, or he wouldn't have won by 20%. I truly believe that. Watching the rally at Trump headquarters in North Charleston, phones were manned making campaign calls before he took the stage. Great night. Great night, and I'm sure he raised money. It was even, look, here, Byron Donalds from Florida. He puts out a tweet. Florida is Trump country. He knows Florida is Trump country. And it's wild because Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida, but... I think people from Florida are seeing that. Listen, I spoke to somebody last week, a friend of mine in Florida. And he said, right, and he loved Ron DeSantis, but not as president. He's a Trump supporter for president. And he, he was, he's a member of a, uh, of a cigar smoking club down in his development in Florida. And he said, Alan talking to a bunch of buddies of mine and they donated money for Ron DeSantis's um, re-election as Trump supporters. And even were having had like a small cigar event trying to raise money for Ron DeSantis and had people from out of state donating money. They're embarrassed they did that and because they felt they feel deceived. And now they're embarrassed that he's governor of Florida because he's nowhere to be found. There's a lot of stuff going on in Florida that they're not reporting on as far as insurance rates, insurance companies, leaving people high and dry, walking out of the state, not insuring properties, the electricity bills. I'm not from Florida. I can only go by from what people from Florida tell me. I know Buck Fiden is in the chat. I'm sure he can weigh in on the uh, increase of elect. Uh, Utility prices, uh, Laura Loomer has, has mentioned it to me, and she's talked about it. She's in Florida. Roger Stone lives in Florida. He had spoken about it. 
and directly to me about it and all of the special interests that Ron DeSantis, his, his, his uh, PACs took donations from in order for certain things to happen to benefit these people. I don't know. I would probably be embarrassed too. And speaking of governors, and I'll tell you, I'm glad it happened, but I think it should have happened a while ago. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, former press secretary of Donald Trump, he endorsed her for governor of Arkansas. She won another, another Trump made political success. Okay. Yeah. Her father was, you know, the, the former governor of Arkansas and he had run in 2016 for president and, and whatever the case. Trump asked Huckabee Sanders for her, his endorse, for her endorsement for him. And she said, not at this time. I have a problem with that. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. When it's not at this time and you're, well, what are you waiting for? You want to see how the field plays out? What are you looking at the, at the indictments coming down? And I, I'm pretty sure it was before any of the indictments came out. And I was just, I was not happy about it. I was like, wow. Is she like, is she another one that's going to turn on Trump? But I guess, obviously, it's politics. This is what happens. And she comes out, and yesterday, so she travels from Arkansas to Florida so she can, on stage, announce her endorsement of Donald Trump for president. The truth is, it's not even a question anymore between right and left. It is normal versus crazy, and the left is doubling down on crazy. We've got out-of-control inflation, violent crime, an open border, a rising China. Biden and the left have failed over and over again, and they know it, and you know it, and it is time for a change. That is why tonight I am so proud to endorse my former boss, my friend, and everybody's favorite president, Donald J. Trump. All right. Thanks, Sarah. I think, oh my God, Buck Fighting, I can't believe you said that. My my wife was, was said that the other night. We we were watching something that she was on, and she, my wife looks at Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I think it was actually it was a picture. She was standing there with her husband, and she's like, "Holy Ozempic neck!" It's Oz, Ozempic has been has become so popular among celebrities. Politicians, look at Ron DeSantis and so many others. I know people that are taking it for weight loss. Like it's like an addictive drug. And it's like the side effects are unbelievable. So I'll say it, not depending, not just because I, I, I heard so much about it. And they have the pill form, they have the injection form. So um, what's her name? Um, Sharon Osborne, uh, Ozzy Osborne's wife. They do a podcast now called The Osborne's. It's fairly new. And we were watching it the other day, and Sharon Osborne has the Ozempic neck. It's it's really, really it, it, you look sickly, right? And it's not really so Ozempic isn't it's not exactly insulin. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm not going to get into, like the whole science of it, 
Uh, we have a friend of ours that takes, I actually have a couple friends that take it for weight loss. And then they had stopped. They like went away and they didn't have it. And while they were away for like a week and a half, they gained like eight pounds. Like once you stop it, you gain all the weight back. So if you're on it, you're, you're, you're going to, you have to stay on it. Right. Yeah. Big pharma would never do anything for money. Some, there's some other, there's other drugs that are like Ozempic. So my mother is a diabetic, but she's not insulin dependent. And they, the doctor wanted her to go on Ozempic, but they, they, you can't, you can't get it. So put her, put her on something else for it, which, which helps her, you know, it helps diabetics. So a friend of mine had it in pill form and I said, you know what? Like I, I'm going to be a Guinea pig and I wanted to try it. I did. I don't know what I just, I wanted to try it. Well, let me tell you three days, three days. I tried Ozempic in a pill form. I wanted to see what the fuck these people were talking about. Let me tell you something. The second day, I was like, what's going on? The third day, I get it. Like, this is hard. It It was the worst feeling I've ever had in my life of someone who doesn't need it but today, you know, maybe if I wanted to drop 20 pounds really quick, let's see what it would do. You know, like a teenage girl, let's be a guinea pig. I, I can't describe the feeling. I mean, what it does is it makes food move through you very slowly, makes you not hungry. It's just weird. It is not normal. It is not normal. And uh, black beauties are great for weight loss. But I did try it for three days. I just wanted to see what it was. And I was like, I, you know, what's the hubbub about? What's the hubbub about? Yeah, no, no. These people, I don't, I don't know how they're getting through it when they don't need it because it was like fucking torture. Three days in pill form, not the injections. It was one pill a day. And it was like, I felt as if everything inside of me was like in a compactor and it was just like, it was, it was work. It was just weird. I can't explain how it made me feel. I couldn't sleep. In the second night, I I didn't sleep. The third night I took it and that was it. I said, I'm going to take it for three days. And it was like a nope, nope. And it took about, it took about another 72 hours for me to start feeling normal again. No, I didn't shit my pants. 30% of people apparently shit your pants when you take Ozempic. I did not. I was not. I did not. But um, it, it just, my, my, so I, I, had, I used to suffer from like uh, acid reflux and uh, that gurge. And it was, it was coming back from the Ozempic. And, you know, I, ha- I have that under control with apple cider vinegar and stuff. I don't use medications. I don't take medications for anything. And um, it, it was horrible, 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 Ozempic. Don't do it. Even if you think, oh, maybe I could lose, drop 20, 30 pounds. No. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she looks like she has Ozempic neck. You can just see it looks uh, sunken in. Rhonda Santos, he lost a lot of weight in a, in, in a very short period of time. And don't tell me that he's putting on his tennis shoes without the lifts and going to the gym because he's not. He's not. He's not. My favorite weight loss program was cocaine. I never tried it. 
I want to lose weight. Let's go get some Coke. Oh, it's great. So, yeah. The... And and this is this is what's great because they had an overflow. Um, they had an overflow part behind in the bleachers behind Trump. No, nobody want if if there's why would you want to sit behind the person speaking if you didn't have to, right? You want to if there are available seats in the front or standing room in the front to Sam wants to look at the back of his head. So some moron to Santard. I'm not even gonna give him this is what he posts. And he says, look at the look at the crowd. There's nobody there. Did you see all the videos of the people there in the crowds on a Wednesday night? But here's one for you, you fucking morons. The Santards. And they all eat it up. They all like blow each other like, yeah, look, nobody's there. I honestly think I could get more people to show up for me. Look at this. This picture right here that I have up, those people in the bleachers. That's more of a crowd than Rhonda Sanders can get at a coffee shop. That little area is more people than Rhonda Sanders can get. And they want to bullshit about crowds. Hillary Clinton said not too long ago on The View, by the way, you are going to suffer from uh, some Hillary Clinton video clips this morning. I have four short ones. She was on The View. We have to we have to dunk on her a little bit. But high-class strippers in cocaine, I would respect them more if it was cocaine. Yeah, if, if Ron DeSantis, if you're doing some bumps off the dashboard of the car before you're doing events, you're losing a little weight, I would probably have more respect for him also. But the Hillary Clinton said on The View the other day, and that's not one of the clips we're going to listen to, but like, oh, you know, the, the, the people will believe the lies. They're still in denial about the crowd at his inauguration. I was at Trump's inauguration. Do, do they realize when they showed the aerial shots and the people like all the way back I mean, almost like to the Washington Monument, there was no room for anybody at Trump's inauguration. And they want to talk, that whole thing, it's like this crowd size envy. And it's on both sides. I find it funny. And I'm all in for it if it means debunking these retards about crowds. I mean, they really want to sit there and talk about crowds and they'll, they'll take pictures of Trump's smallest crowd that's still... Trump's DeSantis's fullest crowd any day of the week. Wednesday night. A Wednesday night. And Trump is not going to have the giant rallies like we saw because, well, I mean, they're like a half a million dollars plus to put together. So why do that when you can put more smaller events together? It does make more sense. This point in the game but i think we will see a lot more of rally events like this maybe we will see a couple big ones maybe we will does anyone have a meme of the old high heels face on the new boot goofing guy oh i don't know what that would... oh this is the whole crowd thing has been 
debunked so many times, but they're still at it. They're still pushing it because if they can get people, if they can get two stupid people here and three stupid people there to start believing the narrative and rope them in, then they will. Then they will. They absolutely will. All right, we got to move on. Wow. I, time flies. You, you, wow. It's crazy. All right. Let's get into some actual, I guess, some some real news. I literally have covered nothing that I wanted to cover for because it's like, oh, let's talk about the Trump rally and, you know, the losers of the GOP debate, which was a complete failure. I'm not playing any of that shit. So DeSantis can't even fill, but he can't fill a coffee shop. They have to have it's small events. It's, it's ridiculous. All right. The Oversight Committee, which, listen, I'm so tired of these politicians. I'm tired of these hearings that are going nowhere. They were supposed to issue subpoenas to Hunter Biden a a long time ago. They've been talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. Well, finally, finally, the Oversight Committee, James Comer, who again, and listen, we're not sitting in Congress. We don't get to see all the ins and outs behind the scenes. But I just think, again, this whole Joe Biden impeachment narrative is a lot of political theater because we all know where it's going to go. It's going to go nowhere. And I'm almost where I'm almost at the point. I'm at the point where watching the mainstream media dunk on Joe Biden about age and other things and even policy that they're going to segue him out and run someone like Gavin Newsom. I, I just, I don't think it's going to be Michelle Obama, Big Mike. Maybe she'll be part of it somewhere. I just think Gavin Newsom going to China. Oh, by the way, Xi Jinping either came or he's coming to San Francisco. The, the dictator in China is coming to America just to go hang out in San Francisco with Gavin Newsom. Very weird. Whatever. House Oversight Committee subpoenas Hunter and James Biden demands closed-door testimony. Now, the whole last part, this closed-door testimony, I don't like. I think it should be public. But I didn't see anything in the actual article about that part. So I'm curious what that means. But the House Oversight Committee yesterday subpoenaed Hunter Biden, James Biden, and their former business associate, Rob Walker, for in-person depositions as part of their impeachment inquiry. Comer also requested transcribed interviews from Haley Biden, Bo Biden's widow, turned Hunter Biden's girlfriend. Oh, I'm sorry that your husband, my brother, died. Yeah, come here. Let me stick this in you. Sarah Biden, James Biden's wife, you know, one of the people on the check for all those payments with James Biden, and Melissa Cohen, Hunter's current wife. What's wrong with that broad? A transcribed interview from Biden crime family whistleblower Tony Bobulinski was also requested. Where is that guy? Where has he been? This is the first time subpoenas have been issued for testimony. Comer previously subpoenaed bank records for Hunter and James Biden. And this was the breaking news story about it. Yeah, let's uh, let's check it out. Yeah, the House Oversight Committee is escalating its impeachment inquiry into President Biden, with Chairman James Comer issuing subpoenas to multiple members of the Biden family. Fox Digital reporter Brooke Singman is here live on set now. Brooke, 
Good to see you. So who are these subpoenas for? Hi, Sandra. Thanks for having me. So this just breaking, we have subpoenas for Hunter Biden, James Biden, the president's brother, and Rob Walker, who is a business associate of Hunter and James. Also, House Oversight Committee Chairman uh, James Comer requested transcribed interviews from Hallie Biden, which is President Biden's daughter-in-law who was married to Beau Biden. Mm -hmm. Hunter Biden was romantically involved with her for a time. Sarah Biden, who is James Biden's wife. He was banging wife, her. And also Melissa Cohen who is Hunter's current wife, Elizabeth Secundi, who is Hallie Biden's sister, and former business associate Tony Bobulinski. So these are all coming right now, breaking today, and House Oversight Committee Chairman uh, James Comer just issued these. Fair to say this is the most aggressive step yet. Absolutely. I mean, this is the first time we're having actual subpoenas for testimony mm -hmm. for members of the Biden family, and James Comer said that these are just the first subpoenas that he's sending this week. We are expecting some more to come, but, you know, these come in the middle of this impeachment inquiry. So it is the first step uh, to have Biden family members there. What happens when they decide not to show up? happening right now, Brooke? Well, James Comer, these are not the first subpoenas that James Comer has issued as part of his investigation. Mm -hmm. Actually, in September, he subpoenaed bank records belonging to Hunter and James Biden. That was, at that point, the most um, aggressive step that he had taken. But in the last few weeks, you know, the committee has been obtaining these subpoenaed records from James and Hunter's personal and business uh, financial records and what Hunter Biden um, and James Biden's records have shown, according to Comer, is that President Biden actually may have benefited. So last week, James Comer said that President Biden actually received two checks from James Biden and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, one for $40,000 and one for $200,000. Those checks both were labeled in the memo section of the check as loan repayments, but James Comer says the White House is not providing those documents that would prove that those were actual loans and those, the money they came on days that the Biden family was obtaining money from Chinese business companies and more. So Comer's been laying all of this out and following the money. And as far as the overall, this piece fitting into the overall impeachment inquiry, Republicans say this evidence has, that they have uncovered so far paints a troubling picture of the influence peddling, uh, they say, by Biden's family and their business dealings, particularly. Yes. Yes, we know the payments are corrupt. They're not loan payments. Again, seriously, are they going to be able to tie Joe Biden to any of this? He's so insulated, again, like a mob crime boss. There are so many other people that can fall. Well, can they get those people to fall and turn on the big guy? Unless you can find direct payments for and prove what they're for you can write loan payment on a check it doesn't mean there's a loan agreement i mean there's a lot to prove there again what is this going to show other than oh maybe they'll get an impeachment in the house with a slim majority which i don't think they will because i truly believe that establishment republicans will not vote to impeach joe biden for Many reasons. You guys are out of control in the chat. Up and coming at Fox on the casting couch. You guys are sick. Who wouldn't love a, a $40,000 check? All or nothing won. You new in the chat? If so, I, you don't look familiar? Happy you're here. Awesome. All or nothing won. Hit the like button. Hit the follow. Hit the thumbs up. Welcome. We all won $40,000 checks.
who doesn't? Just for your last name, just for your name being Biden and the or whatever your for whatever political influence you can peddle. Listen, corruption runs rampant. We know it, it's very hard for people to say no to that kind of money. And that is why all of these politicians end up becoming multimillionaires, making $175,000 a year when they're in, you know, stay in Congress for 20, 30 years and see what happens. It's, it's, it's the best thing people could do, apparently. So here's under Biden's subpoena. There it is. You know, it's, it's, he's supposed to, it looks like, show up on December 13th, 23. So the middle of next month. At the Rayburn House office building, this is for Robert Hunter Biden. What are his attorneys going to do in an attempt to block the subpoena? Are they going to take it to a judge? Are, are we actually going to see or hear any testimony under subpoena from Hunter Biden, from James Biden, from any of these people? Are they just not going to? Are they going to ignore it and and press Congress to do something? Like, what are you going to do? You're going to hold me in contempt of a subpoena? You know, like they did to Steve Bannon and uh, Pete Navarro and others. What are they going to do? If they just say, we're not going to show up. Here's James Biden. He's supposed to come in on December 6th of 2023, 9.30 a.m., the Rayburn House office building. James Biden, there's his subpoena. John Robinson Walker. Uh, he's supposed to come in on the 29th of this month, November, same place. What, what will he do? James Comer recently uncovered a $200,000 direct payment to Joe Biden after he received James and Hunter's subpoena documents. In 2018, Jim Biden received $600,000 in loans from America Health LLC, a failing, bankrupt rural hospital operator. In March 1st, 2018, AmeriCorps Health LLC wired a $200,000 payment to Jim and Sarah Biden's personal bank account. On that very same day, Jim Biden wrote a $200,000 check to Joe Biden, also known as the big guy. It seems like there's some money being washed, some money being laundered. Jim Biden wrote a check to Joe Biden as a so-called loan repayment. Does Joe Biden have documents proving he lent his brother such a large sum of money? Do you need documents, brother to brother? Hey, let me borrow 200 grand. I'll pay you back, interest-free, blah, blah, blah. Technically, I guess no, but in this sense, you should. What were the terms of the loan? Here you go. Here's the check, 200 grand. And then there was the other check for 40 grand from Sarah and James Biden to Joe Biden, loan repayment. It's wild. Well, glad you're here, all or, all or nothing one. We have a great morning community here every morning, 8 a.m. Eastern. And uh, we hope you become part of it and come back. We have some great people in here. And everybody, uh, you know, we all want to make America great again. Hopefully you do too. But that's, uh, that's where we're at with the subpoenas. What's it going to, what's the outcome? Seriously, like if you have... A legit opinion, any opinion doesn't. I'm just have to. I don't have to figure it's a legit opinion. It's an opinion. Tell me in the chat. Tell me in the comments. I do read the comments on all the videos. By the way, at some point today, I'll just read the comments. Whether it's just you know telling me to get fucked or wherever it is, tell me where you're from. 
I love to hear it. We need more comments. We need more thumbs up button pushers. We need all that stuff. So it doesn't make me any money. It just helps get the message of the video out, just so you know. All right. So, oh, well, here's James Comer. You know, I don't have anything against him. I think he's doing... I think he's doing what a majority of Republicans want to see happen, an impeachment of Joe Biden. I'm just looking at it different as I just personally feel it's a complete waste of time. I don't think it's a waste of time of exposing all of this. I, I like that. I just think as far as time being spent and wasted in congressional hearings and an actual move to impeach Joe Biden that we know is going to go nowhere, he's not going to get convicted in the Senate. I think it's his, his presidency is self-destructing itself, and I don't believe he's going to be the 2024 nominee. Do they want it just for congressional record purposes, political theater, and all that good shit? I can't get mad at that. But I believe the same amount of time could be used to go after the minions of the Biden regime closer to bureaucracy and deep state because of those people that have been swimming in it for so long, like Alejandro Mayorkas and Merrick Garland. You know, yesterday they sent a SWAT team from the FBI and other agencies to a home in New Jersey looking for a January 6th protester who, who allegedly might have maced an area where police officers were, but there is no story, and I don't believe there's any actual victims. And the guy took off in the woods through his house, and I believe they're still looking for him. Cynthia Hughes from the Patriot Freedom Project told me that it's right near her house where it happened, that her nephew actually knows the family and the guy, and they have the helicopters flying around, like Howell, New Jersey, and and... FBI SWAT teams running through people's yards and woods looking for a guy who wasn't trying to overthrow an election all because of our DOJ led by Merrick Garland. Why are we looking into him a little closer? Why are we looking through, why are we looking into all of these gutless commie judges that are sentencing protesters exercising their First Amendment rights who didn't even step foot inside the Capitol to years in prison for corruption. Why aren't we looking into them? Alejandro Mayorkas, who's overseeing the border security and facilitating human trafficking on our dime, why aren't we, why aren't we looking into them? Here's James Comer signing the subpoenas, the big ceremonial signatures. There's no sound to it. I don't even care. I don't even know why I'm showing that to you. Who gives a shit? I'm so aggravated with these people. But you know what? Let's let's hear what he has to say. He went on Boomer Sweats Hannity. I just for the record, I despise Sean Hannity. I despise anyone that's going to drink Coors Light in a pint glass with ice. If you're drinking Coors Light on the rocks, you're a cuck. And that is, um, in my opinion, a problem. Sorry, I can't take you seriously. Anyway, James Comer was on with Hannity. Let's just hear it. Joining us now, he is the chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, 
James Comer is with us. Sir, how are you? I'm well. You know, I, I asked you a while back, I said, at what point do you think it's going to be appropriate to start sending out subpoenas? And you said you wanted to get all your ducks in a row. You wanted to follow all of these suspicious activity reports and all of these um, shell corporations, follow the money. Do you feel you've, you've got enough information now that you have some pretty strong questions for these guys? I do. I think we're at the point now where uh, we can connect the dots. We understand what the scheme was. We understand who the people were who were wiring the money. We believe we know why, but we want to hear from the Bidens. And uh, we're at the point now where the evidence is overwhelming. And now we can bring the Bidens in and ask them substantive, specific questions about things that uh, we have serious concerns about. How many shell corporations have you been able to discover through your investigation that the Biden family had? Over 20. And, you know, when you talk about James Biden, I'm not sure exactly what his businesses were. Uh, but with respect to Hunter, uh, we're, we're confident that these businesses did not produce a good or service. And we really have no idea what they did. Uh, especially considering the fact that uh, they would go months without any revenue and then all of a sudden uh, a million dollar wire from a foreign national would appear uh, and then the next day they would start the laundering process where they would wire money from account to account from shell company to shell company. Uh, you know, we see a similar pattern with Jim Biden, but we want to ask Jim Biden exactly, you know, what did you do? Uh, what what are all these transactions in your so-called business? And what involvement did your brother have in these shady business schemes? Let me let me go through the timeline of Burisma. We know that Hunter admitted on GMA that it, he had no experience in energy, oil, gas, coal, or Ukraine, um, and he was paid millions of dollars. Um, couldn't explain why, but we have a timeline. It became official Obama administration policy in October of 2015 that that they felt that Ukraine had made enough progress on the issue of corruption that warranted the loan guarantees, a billion dollars to be, uh, is the exact Perfecting amount. Perfecting corruption, We know maybe. that five days before Joe Biden in December of that same year, 2015, went to Ukraine, that Joe Biden got on a phone call with his son Hunter and Burisma executives. Uh, we know this is the time when Burisma executives were begging for D.C. help. Then we know Joe leveraged that $1 billion of taxpayer money, demanded the firing of the prosecutor investigating Burisma and his son. And in fact, the son of a bee got fired in six hours. And as a result, Hunter continued to get paid. Is that by definition, does that in your view meet the bribery standards and bribery laws of our country? Absolutely. And you look, that's a quid pro quo. Ironically, that's what the first Trump impeachment was. All he did was ask about the corruption. We had the corruption. You just pointed it out. The timeline is there. We have Joe Biden on tape admitting that he fired the prosecutor when he threatened to withhold our time. All right. We get it. I hate Boomer Sweat's Hannity. I'm right there with you people. You know what the problem is? The problem is no one else will give James Comer the Oversight Committee chairman, a platform. Mainstream media is not going to do it. This is unfortunately who we're stuck with, at least the platform for this. They may want to bring them on to badger them 
and talk about how Hunter Biden is not the president and Joe Biden is and all this nonsense. But again, yes, Steve from England, I truly believe this is going nowhere. Joe Biden is not going to be held accountable. Maybe members of his family will be found out for some sort of fraud. But I don't think members of, his, of, of Joe Biden's family is going to flip on Joe Biden. Some people speculate that Hunter Biden has been cooperating this entire time, and it's only a matter of time before the shoe drops. I think it's political theater, and I think this is just going to be something that uniparty members and Democrats alike were just going to say, look at all the fucking time you wasted, and it went nowhere. When in my soul... I feel if they spent this much time on other people, the minions in the Biden regime, the string pullers, that maybe they'd have a better chance of just seeing the regime collapse or at least make examples of those people because of the horrific things that they are allowing to happen to our country and to our citizens. Like the DOJ going after January 6th protesters who didn't even step foot in the Capitol, and they're amping it up. I'm telling you, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more people are going to get arrested going into the new year, going into the election. It's all timed and calculated, people. It's all the distractions so we don't see the UFO. Maybe. Maybe. It's going nowhere. It is a distraction. And I think we have to we have to keep in the back of our of our head that that's exactly what it is. It's a distraction. And Joe Biden is not getting convicted and removed from office. I think Joe Biden is going to finish out his term, but know at some point that he's not running for president again and we'll have to announce. Or they're gonna need some catastrophic events to happen for him to make him look like a hero. I don't know. It, it it's while just how people still think he is this. Well, they're just getting paid a lot of money to think he was a good president. I, I don't I don't know. Anyway, I want to get into some uh, New York City. Judge Angeron, Trump's civil judge in a few. Laura Loomer really did some crazy work on exposing this guy for the perverted, which seems like pedophile he is. And then some and the guy's wife and the guy's son. We're going to get into that. But first. Let's check out the best cigar commercial of all time. When he salutes the flag, the flag salutes back. When he questions the outcome of an election, the DOJ indicts itself. When he sneezes, people say, God bless America. Cuba imports cigars from him. He is the most patriotic man in America. I don't always smoke cigars, but when I do, I smoke Patriots. Stay MAGA, my friends. Mm, my favorite. Can I get one of those? No, Bill. We all know what you like to do with cigars. Patriot Cigars. A premium smoke for freedom-loving Patriots. The Patriot Cigar Company's story started with Alan Jacoby's love of cigars and love of America. There's no better way to celebrate the freedoms we cherish and smoking a premium Patriot cigar. Whether it's TNTs, Moabs, Hellfires, or Mark 48 torpedoes, all Patriot cigars are handmade and blended 
with 100% Long Filler Premium Nicaraguan Tobacco to bring you the smoothest smoking experience imaginable. Patriot cigars are enjoyed by many of MAGA's finest. Do yourselves a favor and order some today. God bless America, and God bless Patriot Cigars. MyPatriotCigars.com, my company. A lot of great and exciting things are going to be happening into the new year with Patriot Cigars, a company that I had started, again, right there out of my love for cigars and uh, the love of America. It's been, uh, what, third going on 14 months in business and has been doing great because of great patriots like yourselves that support it. So, best part of the show, Jonathan Allen loves the cigar commercial. Well, get this. The promo code MAGA for 25% off is always there for you to enjoy. You can always, if you're a supporter of this show or even the Dilly show, you can use the codes for 25% off. However, well, sorry about that. I had a fuzz in my mouth. Now I have a 105-pound German Shepherd dog hair gets everywhere. So now for Veterans Day, up until the 19th of this month, if you use promo code VETERAN, you will get 30%. So it's an additional 5%. You'll get 30% off the entire site up until the 19th at MyPatriotCigars.com. Promo code VETERAN up until the 19th. So you want to get people some gifts. You want to get some military members some cigars. You want to get some merch. 30% off through the 19th of this month. Promo code VETERAN. So you get the extra 5% off other than using the code MAGA for the 25% off that's available all the time. So go and, go and get cigars. Go get merch. Save 30%. That's a big discount. It almost hurt me putting that one together. So 30% off. I just want to build a brand. So it's, um, I'm not, I've, I, and for the record, I'm just letting you know that I have not taken a dime as compensation from Patriot Cigars yet. I have not, I, it's all been dumped back into the business. That's how I like to, when I get involved in businesses, that's what I like to do. I have not taken a dime from the cigar company yet. It's all getting dumped in building the brand, and uh, that's why I'm the right-wing cigar king. So MyPatriotCigars.com, promo code VETERAN, 30% off through the 19th. All right, and that's it. Oh, you have a German Shepherd too? Yeah, I, I've had Shepherds my my whole life there. Giant monsters. My, my guy, he's usually on the chair next to me, but he's up hanging out with my wife. 105 pounds. And he thinks he's a 20-pound lap dog. And he, I, a lot of times he thinks he's human too. It's crazy. And I feel like the older he's getting, the more puppy-like he's getting. It's, it's very awkward. My, my last shepherd wasn't like that. It was, all right, I'm getting old. Leave me alone. This one's, I'm getting older. Now I want to be treated more like a fucking needy puppy. Anyway, enough of that. Hit the like button. Hit the thumbs up. Share the video. Don't be a fed. I still have a lot to get through. So if you're sticking around, great. If you can't, I get it. But it's all cool. Right wing cigar. Fuck you, Jonathan Allen. Breaking my balls. I love it. I love it. Right wing cigar queen. I might have to do that. It is 20. It is. It's going to be 2024. It's 2023. I mean, 
I would probably make some money from the progressives if I dressed up like the right wing cigar queen. Maybe some MAGA lipstick. Oh, God, they have that MAGA drag queen. Fucking cringy every time. Like, that's why, oh, it's it's another TPUS gay event with the MAGA drag queen walking around. Give me a fucking break. All right, stop, because I'm going to go on a rant, and I'm going to get crazy, and I want to get through this stuff. People are distracting me. Oh, the comment earlier about there's nothing like a frosty glass for for beers, 100%. Agreed. Agreed. There's a difference between a frosty glass and some cuck opening up a Coors Light. First of all, I'm sorry, Coors Light's a cuck beer, and you're pouring it in a pint glass over ice and drinking it, you're a cuck. And that's what Sean, that's how Sean Hannity drinks beer. He drinks Coors Light in a pint glass filled with ice. That is a cuck move. You've heard it here. And that's it. And if you do that, you should reevaluate the way you drink beer. Frosted mugs are great. Nothing beats a frosted mug in the summer. Don't put ice in your glass. That's where I draw the line. And I'm not budging from it. All right. The great Laura Loomer, good friend of mine. She uh, uncovered a lot of interesting things when it comes to Judge Angeron, the biased, corrupt, garbage New York City judge overseeing the Trump civil trial where Letitia James, the attorney general, who I truly believe is Biggie Smalls transitioned, that Biggie Smalls did not die, that he's... That that he's just he's just more corrupt than than he shows to be. Um, his wife, literally, his wife has an ex account. Laura Loomer found her out, exposed her. She ha- her account's locked actually now. I don't think it's locked for me. I followed her yesterday. But when you're a judge, you're supposed to be unbiased, objective, not this guy. He hates Donald Trump. He's been talking shit about Donald Trump forever. Laura Loomer is exposing it. Has his son sitting in the courtroom for some weird reason. Why is your son sitting in the courtroom as the judge? Why is your wife talking shit about Donald Trump on social media and thinking she can get away with it only because she doesn't put her name as Angeron and it's just Dawn Marie. His wife's name is Dawn Marie Angeron. Like it's, it's her on social media. There should be an immediate mistrial. This judge should be removed. It's it's wild already. It's wild. So this is an exclusive from Laura Loomer. I have un and there's so much. She she posted so much stuff on this. I have uncovered screenshots from the ex account of Dawn Marie Angeron, the wife of leftist New York City judge Arthur Angeron, who was overseeing the civil fraud case against President Donald Trump shows that she has been posting attacks on Trump from her account, which we have. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll check that out in a second. As the trial is ongoing, your husband, the judge, is overseeing a trial, a civil trial that involves the 45th president of the United States, past president of the United States, and the biggest name, the most infamous figure in American politics in our lifetime and probably American history, as well as just in general as a figure. 
Donald J. Trump. Laura goes on to say in her tweet, this is incredibly biased. Less than 24 hours ago, she posted tweets in which she said, fuck Trump. She posted Photoshop pics of President Trump in an orange jumpsuit. She attacked me, Laura Loomer, during her live show the night before for exposing her husband, and she is openly attacking President Trump's lawyer, the great Alina Habba. And, and she's right. Nobody can actually say, Laquifa Smalls, oh my God. Nobody can actually say this is a fair trial. Now, these are the tweets from Dawn Marie. She's at DM underscore S-M-I-N-X-S. Some old lady graffitiing a wall. Fuck Trump. And she was responding to Sebastian Gorka in some tweets. Here. Yeah, she replied to Sebastian Gorka. This is the photoshopped picture of Donald Trump in a orange jumpsuit with the funk, the funk, the fuck Trump tweet. And this is just her speaking and responding to certain people about the judge. And then here, someone, Marjorie Taylor Greene posted, tell them like it is with Alina Haba, nothing but the truth. And then she uh, replied back, the views Whoopi Goldberg mocks Trump lawyer Alina Haba as a whiny baby. This is the judge's wife. This is the judge's wife. Not only that, but while Laura Loomer was on the air on the 7th, I believe Tuesday night, she was interviewing my good friend, Congressman George Santos from New York's 3rd District. Dawn Marie Angeron, the wife of, again, the leftist New York City judge, Arthur Angeron, was attacking Laura Loomer on X. Because she's exposing her corrupt husband, who's overseeing this civil fraud trial. So Laura Loomer does what she does, and she tracked her ex account down, exposed who she is, talked about all the nasty tweets about Trump, the trial, Trump's lawyer, Lena Haba, and is pointing out and shining light on how is this acceptable when Donald Trump has a gag order on him and can't talk bad about, well, I don't know, I don't even know if the gag, the gag order is paused this time around or not. I think it's unpaused. I don't know. It's either on or it's off. They keep going back and forth. But not only that, Laura Loomer also exposed that Judge Angeron is giving his son, Ian Angeron, reserved seats to the trial, and his son may be financially benefiting from the trial since he works for a law firm as an activist shareholder associate. And Laura Loomer is determined that she's going to expose everyone. And here it is. Dawn Marie, this is the this is the judge, Judge Angeron's wife, her Twitter page. And she has hashtag blue for so many reasons. Been a member since 2021. She has 241 followers. 
And of course, some of the worst leftists known to man, big pages are following her. Yeah, Brian Krasenstein following Dawn Marie, who only has under, who has under 300 followers. This is the judge's wife. Going on, uh, while Laura Loomer is on the air, when George Santos is your source, you're desperate, she reposts that. Just on and on, attacking Laura Loomer. Spoken like a lawyer who doesn't try cases and two doesn't know how to act in front of a judge. Just all of this from the judge's wife. And the judge's son might be making money on it because he's an activist shareholder in a law firm. Whatever the hell that means. Activist shareholder associate. So there's... <laughs> this, is, this is bizarro world. This sick judge who looks like an Epstein Island client when you look at him is... His wife is all over Twitter. She locked her account. Let me see if I can, if I, oh, I was, oh, man. It was too good to be true. She blocked me. Yesterday, she didn't have me, um, she didn't have me blocked. She must have saw me uh, repost Laura Loomer's stuff. I was sharing it. Her tweets are protected, and now I'm blocked. Why would this woman with under 300 followers block me for simply re I didn't attack her simply reposting a couple things, which she would only see. I don't even know if she ended up following me and then blocking me, but I don't think so, but she blocked me. I guess she just, they told her, listen, you got to go through and start blocking people. You know, they, I'm imagining there wasn't much thinking of, Oh, maybe I shouldn't be attacking the defendant in the case. So there it is. There it is. Blocked. Oh, all or nothing. I don't I don't want you to get a, get get offended and and leave. Marjorie Taylor Greene is relentless when it suits her. I'm going to be honest with you. I, and I I don't talk I don't hate Marjorie Taylor Greene, but she's a grifter and I I, I she needs to do better. And she's affectionately known here as Marjorie Taylor knee pads. Um, hence all of the staffers that ran through her on Capitol Hill, plus Kevin McCarthy when he was Speaker of the House. And before, uh, she took up residence under his desk for quite a while. And not to mention, she tried to shake me down to have my cigar company sponsor her cringy ass podcast for $12,000 an episode. So please someone, you know, defend Marjorie Taylor Greene, how she's not in Congress to make money and a name for herself. Cause what has she really, really done? Whatever. Sometimes she does okay things. I don't care that Donald Trump likes her. I don't care. And she's another one that grifts so hard just in order to get as close to Donald Trump as possible. I'm the wrong person that just because Donald Trump likes somebody doesn't mean I have to. And if it, what she, I just don't see her putting in the work. 
I just see her as a, as a, as a loud fire brand mouth. That's just me with Marjorie Taylor Green. I just, I mean, she's all right. She's all right, but she's not this all American patriotic fucking hero that people pro, you know say she is. She's not. Prove me wrong. What is she? What has Marjorie Taylor Green done that will make me say, "Wow, she's really there for the people." Oh, she started a cringy podcast and wants to charge small conservative businesses twelve thousand dollars an episode. The fuck out of here. <laughs> anyway, yeah, she's another grifter of Trump's name, another grifter, another fucking grifter, and it's sick. She wants to raise money. She's not using. She's not giving any money. How much has she donated to the Trump campaign? Probably nothing. In any case, so not only that, with this sick and twisted judge's wife and 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 then having his son in the courtroom every day in a reserved seat like what is that about i I, i'm not understanding like oh my father's the judge and he's overseeing the the biggest civil case that he's ever tried uh, seen before 250 million dollars new york state wants to rape out of donald trump's asshole over nothing because there's no victim of fraud here but they want to try to bankrupt him to this sick weirdo. Look at this. Unhinged Judge Angeron under scrutiny for allegedly posting half-naked photos of himself to high school alumni newsletter that he controls. What is this about? This is weird. What's with the shirtless pics? And there's a close-up there because what they did was they took... They identified him by his body structure, his shoulder, and the vein going through his arm. Like, this is him. It's confirmed it's him. In a not-so-surprising twist in the presiding judge's life of an ongoing sham Trump trial in New York City, unhinged Judge Arthur Engeron has taken to an unconventional pastime, posting half-naked photos of himself on an alumni newsletter he oversees. Research group Marco Polo first reported this revelation. The Marco Polo that put the Hunter Biden uh, laptop out there for everybody in black and white. And who's getting sued by Hunter Biden for telling the truth, by the way. Angeron, a Wheatley alumnus from 1967, is responsible for curating the Wheatley Alumni Association newsletter, which updates and connects past graduates with memories, news, and obituaries. Was this a high school or a college? According to a post on Marco Polo's ex account, Judge Engeron has used this platform to share more than just school spirit. <laughs> the newsletter in its 51st edition features a variety of alumni related content from heartfelt memorials to lighthearted class reunion announcements. It was, <laughs> it was in this very issue that Judge Engeron chose to include a bonus torso photo. Oh my God. A peculiar edition that showcased. A malnourished torso presumed to be his own. This unconventional editorial choice has left many questioning the appropriateness of such content in a school and alumni newsletter. And here it is. That's it for the Wheatley School Alumni Association newsletter number 51. Please send me your autobiography before someone else sends me your obituary. Arthur Fredericks Angeron. The Wheatley School Class of 1967. Oh, it's, it's, it's a high school. 
This is, this is what you're... What? Further stirring the pot, issue number 63 of the newsletter presented a before and after pictorial of the same torso to display physical improvements over time. These images intended to flaunt muscle gains instead of cast a shadow of doubt over the judge's judgment. Before and after October 2020, August of 2021. What is going on with this guy? Look at this. This is sick. This is the judge whose wife is attacking Trump and Laura Loomer on X, whose weird alien-looking bald son sits in the courtroom with daddy every time Trump's in the courtroom, every time the, the, the case is going on. Yeah, that's him. I mean, well, we know. Yeah, that's him. What? The matter has gone unnoticed in the media with Jesse Waters of Fox dedicating a segment to his unusual revelation. Waters did not mince words when discussing the judge's action. He dubbed Judge Angeron's judge, Judge Nudie. He's Judge Nudie, a play on the famous Judge Judy. Oh, my God. And expressed it. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so sick. Waters question the credibility and seriousness of a judge who engages in such activities. Oh, here, here's a segment. Let's check it out. Let's check out Jesse Waters on The Judge. So, Honorable Manhattan Judge Arthur Engeron. You remember the taxi-driving hippie drummer with hair wilder than Bernie's? Epstein's client. Smiling into the camera like he's been cast in an 80s courtroom sitcom? Remember when we warned you that drummers are always the crazy ones? <laughs> Should have listened. There's more than meets the eye with this goofy judge. Literally, we've found out today that this judge runs a high school alumni newsletter. High school. If you graduated from That's Whitley weird. and you're interested in attending your class reunion, the judge has you covered. But that's the only thing the judge covers. This is Trump's judge sharing your run-of-the-mill bonus torso photo. Primetime did our due diligence because we respect privacy. Our crack producers compared and contrasted other shirtless photos of the judge that were also circulating online, <laughs> the pecs and the abs checkout. <laughs> And it wasn't just one shirtless bathroom selfie. Judge Nudie, not to be confused with Judge Judy, posted another one. We've asked the judge, what are you doing? And please tell us we're wrong. We'll let you know what he says. But again, this is Judge Nudie's newsletter. If he's posting some other man's nude bathroom selfie, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. Plus, circumstantial evidence leads us to believe that yes, this is Judge Judy's bare chest because the judge has a new workout routine. Judge Nudie. There he is with his gym buddy. I guess they spot each other. <laughs> judge Nudie has the right to express himself in any way he wants. We don't judge, but he does. The new oh, bathroom selfie sharing former drummer gets to decide whether Donald Trump's real estate empire lives or dies. You can't take this man seriously. It's Chuck Schumer's girlfriend. Men like this can't have the unilateral power to nuke the president's business license because a racist prosecutor asked him to. The man's a joke. Laquifa James. If anybody should be hit with a gag order, it's Judge Nudie. First of all, I'm pretty sure Judge Nudie has worn a ball gag mask. I'm sure he... I'm wondering if he's into, like, weird S&M shit with his workout buddies and the safe word might be... 
gag order. Oh my god. Stop it. <sighs> Could high school. High school. The amount of power this guy has is unbelievable. Judge Nudie. Judge Nudie, who likes to get gagged shirtless. Oh, remember when he said this? Now, I'm going to say something controversial, even while I'm being taped. Juries get it wrong a lot. That's my own opinion. I do only civil trials, personal injury cases, contract disputes. But I've had situations where like, oh my, my heaven's sake, how could they have thought that? Well, I have a, um, I have a tool that I can deal with that. It's called jury notwithstanding the verdict, judgment notwithstanding the verdict. I can say there is no possible way that a reasonable jury would have reached that conclusion. And all right, am I following the law or am I making law? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm following law, I'm, I'm an impartial referee, <laughs> but it's hard to impartial. factor out my own emotions. And I have tools. Somebody can say, well, Your Honor, you have to throw out this case because it's just like another case. Well, is it just like another case? What if the defendant was wearing a red sweater instead of a blue sweater? Oh, and, and by the way, I worked for the Columbia Daily Spectator for a couple of weeks. What happened was I went there every day. He rules on emotion. And I wrote a few stories. One I got criticized on because I wrote that some uh, Ku Klux Klaners had murdered some people. And, Democrats. And I was told, you can't say that. How do we know? You weren't there. Well, that was what everybody thought. Anyway, yeah, we should have absolute immunity. What if we defame somebody? Um, so that's how it usually comes up. You know, you call somebody a murderer or a heroin addict, that sort of thing, a pedophile. And if it's done in court, yeah, I think we should have absolute, absolute, absolute immunity. Absolute immunity. They should have absolute immunity, but he can put gag orders on defendants for criticizing him for the sick pedophile pervert who posts himself half naked in high school newsletters as a sitting judge. That's what we have going on here. It is absolutely sickening. Sickening. Skinny, hairly, hairless chest shots from the judge. It, it is sick. So Laura Loomer on her show, she, she's out of her mind. She's great. Out of her mind in a good way because she's so savage and she's so fucking precise. So on Tuesday's show, her show Loomer Unleashed on Rumble, which is on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I believe it's 7 p.m., live on Rumble, she found what she believed was Judge Angeron's cell phone number attached to a newsletter, and she called him. So last night live on my show, this is Laura Loomis' tweet, and this is, from tu this is Tuesday. I called leftist New York City Judge Arthur Angeron to prove that the number on his personal newsletter, the Wheatley School Alumni Association newsletter, the high school newsletter 
that he posts half-naked selfies on, in which he actively attacks President Trump and makes reference to Trump's trial at least 17 times from what Laura Loomer counted during her investigation is the same number listed as his contact number on court documents in President Trump's New York City civil fraud case. He's biased. He's posting a... You're not supposed to talk about your trial. The judge is posting about the trial at least 17 times in this high school newsletter where he's also half naked. These documents contain the official letterhead of New York Attorney General Laquifa Biggie Smalls James. This is clear ethical violation that proves Judge Angeron is engaged in partisan activities that have prevented him from being impartial in President Trump's New York City civil fraud trial. There needs to be an immediate mistrial. Immediate. Thank God for people like Laura Loomer. But check this out. She's going to call on her show. She's going to call Judge Angeron. Here we go. Arthur Angeron, right? Class of 1967. Wheelie alum. Arthur Angeron. And the number, okay, check this out. I need that number. The number at the bottom, this is another thing that proves he is in total violation of his ethical code of conduct. The number at the bottom. That is the same exact number that shows up on the website as his contact number for um, for how you can reach him uh, as, as an officer of the court within the New York State court system. That's correct. So he's using the same contact information on this anti-Trump newsletter, which is his personal newsletter, which he pretends is an alumni association newsletter to skirt around the fact that he's in violation of his ethical code of conduct. And yet, look, that number, can we get a full screen of his, um, and, and Gary, if you want to text it too, because this is live, of course, and we're doing this in real time. Real this time. This is how people can see. People are always like, oh, how does your mind work, Laura? How do, we're going to call this number right now this live on great. the show. Can you hear the phone ringing? Press one if you can hear the phone ringing, you guys. Oh, if you yes. can hear the, You can hear the phone ringing. Press one. We're calling it live right now. I hear it. I don't know if anybody right. else does. Can you all hear that? Okay, they can hear it. Let's go back to the, the screen again. That shows the number. I don't have the luxury of a producer. I have to do everything on my own. Hi, you've reached Arthur and Goran. This is great. Thanks for calling. Please leave me a message after the beep and I can back to you just as soon as I can. Bye-bye. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hi, Judge Engeron. This is uh, Laura Loomer, investigative journalist. I'm live on my show right now, and we're calling you because, uh, you know, we're looking at your newsletter, the Wheatley School Alumni Association letter uh, number 91, in which you say that uh, that you're a free speech absolutist uh, and that you're opposed to censoring and you just won't do it. And so, uh, yeah, you recently issued a gag order against President Donald Trump and a gag order against his legal team. And so I just wanted to take this opportunity to invite you to come on my show. I would like to interview you. It seems like you have no problem sharing your opinions because uh, that's what you do every time you post in the Wheatley School Alumni Association newsletter. And so I want to give you the opportunity to explain how you reconcile being a free speech absolutist with issuing a gag order against President Donald Trump and uh, his legal team. So uh, again, uh, if if you want to contact me, 
you can just call on this number uh, that uh, that we called you on from my studio. This is our phone uh, from from the production room. It's seven seven two to make it easier for you seven seven two six three four three five six zero. That's seven seven two six three four three five six zero. Again, my name is Laura Loomer, investigative journalist, and I, I just want to invite you to come on Loomer Unleashed. Okay, so uh, give me a call and I'll talk to you soon. If you're satisfied with the message, press 1. To listen to your message, to send your message with normal delivery. Thank you. Your message has been sent. Great. So we sent that message. That's Let's great. go back to the chat now. That is absolutely <laughs> savage. <laughs> you guys heard it yourself, all right? So that's his number. That's the number on his newsletter that also connects to his office within the New York state court system. And if we oh. pull up a, sc- a full screen uh, graphic as well, if you want to go type in Arthur Engeron, uh, I guess it would be what New York, uh, New York uh, Supreme Court, right? New York Supreme Court, Arthur Engeron contact if you go on Google or something. And you can see it's the same exact number. Oh my God. I Can I tell you, I haven't even done it, but I'm going to. Who knows if it's still up? I mean, when you get a message like that, when you realize your wife is out there posting attacks on Laura Loomer and Donald Trump on social media while trying to oversee this trial. Or do they even give a shit? I'm going to look to see if, do they have his number posted? Twitter would probably, uh, you know, go after her for doxing. But I'm wondering if it's, I have to find the number today. I'm going to do that. Because if I can find the number today, I'm going to call tomorrow live here and leave a message. Maybe he'll answer. Could you imagine? AP Unfiltered, you know, you're you're a moderator. You do a lot, but you're not here pressing the buttons. That's what I mean by producer. Are these people, they got everyone to press the buttons for them. I can't. I got to press my own buttons. I got to play my own media and all that stuff. But if you find that number, I'm not going to call today. I'm going to call tomorrow. Because I want to get through some of this other stuff. But we'll see. I don't know. If you get it, I might be able to, I have to, I have to uh, set up the Bluetooth to call it. Could you imagine if he answered? Oh, my God. You know, the only thing I'm wondering is the next court. I don't know. Ivanka Trump testified yesterday, I believe. And I'm wondering if he's going to mention any of this. Because what also happened is, hold on, let me find it. Uh, is it here? Donald Trump truthed out about, about the judge. And I'm wondering if he's going to hit him with a fine for that. Um, I, I thought I had it up here, but I guess I don't. In any case, m- more of this needs to, how can anyone talk shit about Laura Loomer? I mean, h- how can anyone not, like what she's doing she's exposing everybody everybody she doesn't care donald trump shouted her out last night at the rally which she deserves wholeheartedly shouted out my good friend roger stone who does a lot of stuff behind the scenes a lot of stuff behind the scenes but it's um it's great shit man it's great and we we need more of it we need Could you imagine if she had a fully, fully funded media machine behind her and a a group of investigators that she can oversee and direct? 
I just hope she doesn't have the FBI knocking on her door. You know, they're they're out there knocking on a lot of doors. They're knocking on journalist doors. There's a story running around. I think the Gateway Pundit. They're they're they are knocking on doors, and I think they're going to be knocking on a lot more doors. And I'm hoping that they're not going to be kicking down journalist doors. But would we be surprised? Fuck the FBI. You heard me. They're probably sitting on my block now. In any case, good job, Laura Loomer, as always. And I can't wait until I start the cigar sponsorship for her journalism, which we're just trying to figure all that out because I am proud to do it. And I would say go and follow Laura Loomer on X at Laura Loomer. Subscribe to her Substack. And any exclusive content she has, or if you could throw her a few dollars because she doesn't have a nine to five job. This is what she does full time. And she doesn't sleep. This is what she does full time. So she relies on her show sponsors. She relies on, it's like, I don't do this full time. I actually, well, I feel like I do it full time, but I have other things that I do, you know, businesses. Laura Loomer does not. And I would say if you could support her monetarily, one-time donation, whatever it might be, so she can offset her production costs, her living expenses, whatever it is. We need her focused, especially now. We need her We need her focused. Got the number. We'll DM it to you from Wheatley. All right, yeah, DM it to me. All right, I'm going to move on. So listen, election day just happened, and there were a lot of, there was a lot of people pointing fingers on who to blame. And of course, just like they did in the midterms, the DeSantis retards and Democrats and establishment rhino Republican supporters want. It's funny you say that all or nothing because we, we as soon as we saw this judge, we were like, he fits the description. He fits the characteristics of someone who would be hanging out shirtless with Bill Clinton on Epstein Island. He 100%. If you're sending shirtless pics and you're posting them in a high school alumni newsletter that, and you're putting shirtless pics in there and you're that's a, and you're a judge that's a problem how anyone from the high school's parents didn't see this and go what the fuck is this and call the school you know what ap unfiltered send me the newsletter if you already send me the whole newsletter i'm gonna actually call the school i want to know why they think it's acceptable for this judge i want to look at the newsletter first i want to i want to see where he talked bad about Donald Trump, and I also want to see the shirtless pics in there, and I want to call the school, and I want to ask someone at the school why they feel that this is appropriate for their student body to see from an alumni. I really want to do that. Loomer is a beast. We greatly admire her. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I actually have Google Voice numbers. What I'm going to do is set up one of them that rings to my phone and hook it up so I can have call-ins to the show like on Fridays, maybe have some of you people call in and, and things like that. I don't mind calling for my own number. I don't, I don't care about that. Um, that, that doesn't matter. Cause even if it, they, if they want to, they want to track you down, they're going to find you. And if I'm going to call live on a show, it's not hard to find me. And I, I don't care about that. Come and find me. I made a phone call. It's public information. It's out on a newsletter. I called and I asked, why are you, <clears throat> being a uh, a partisan hack. Anyway, who's to blame for the Republican losses? Who's to blame? It's not Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a private citizen. 
he's not technically Republican Party leadership. He's not. He's the leader of the party, maybe by name and in support. But he doesn't say, he's not dictating to the RNC where funding is going, how the RNC's strategy is. No, we have an RNC chairperson for that. We have the Botox queen, Rona McDaniel. And I don't care that Trump said she's doing a good job. I don't care that if you want to call it an endorsement, whatever it is, politics are seedy, and I don't have to agree with everything Donald Trump does or says. Neither do you. I don't worship false idols and false prophets. There are things Donald Trump does that I think uh, I don't, don't have a great opinion on. Whatever. Rona McDaniels was not put there by Donald Trump. Rona McDaniels is not there because of Donald Trump. She's there because of seedy politics. And it's time for her to go. She's a piece of shit. Piece of shit. Oh my God, probably on Hunter's and Wiener's laptop too. Oh yeah, I could see this guy being on Wiener's laptop. 100%. I could see this guy having an undercover... Um, what the hell is it? What is that app? Grinder uh, app. A profile on app. Top Republicans are calling for the removal of useless Rona McDaniels following disastrous general election results in deep red states. Steve Bannon and John Solomon, who's great. John Solomon's great. Steve Bannon, I think he's another, I think he's, I think Steve Bannon's garbage, if I have to be perfectly honest. When they say it's Trump's call, it, it's, 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 it's a weird statement. I, I want to see Donald Trump Call out Rona McDaniel for the devastating losses Republicans took on election day. And I'd love to see him call for her resignation. Here's the problem. Now let's look at the CD politics part of it. She's the RNC chair, makes rules, decides funding. We have a primary. And I said this months ago that I don't trust this cunt. Yes, I haven't used it yet. I just used the word. Oh my God, you shouldn't say that describing a woman. Mm -hmm. She is. When Donald Trump wins the primary, I have been saying that I feel because of her and others, they will try to see what they can do to strip Donald Trump of the nomination and not allow him to have it. And I think that's what Ron DeSantis is banking on because he said it himself that Donald Trump, because of his legal issues, should not be allowed to accept the Republican nomination for president of the United States, whether it's a conviction or not a conviction, even if he was convicted of all 91 counts on the four indictments, he would still be eligible to run for, be elected as, and serve as president of the United States. Rona's got to go. She's got to go. As much as I would love to see Donald Trump say, Rona, your time is up. You should resign. Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy said it, but there's no ramifications for him because he's out anyway. He's got, he's got nothing. It's not going to affect him. It could affect Donald Trump because, again, of seedy politics, but it could affect him either way. I still would love to see it. I still would love him say, Rona McDaniel is the reason why Republicans lost. Here's another thing. When DeSantis and his crew is out there talking about blaming the election losses on Donald Trump, the next question should be to them, 
is Ron DeSantis is a the governor of Florida, the governor of deep red Florida. It's not deep red, by the way. It's purple. I don't care what you say, Floridians. You don't live in a deep red state. Why isn't the governor of this so-called red state, but one of the largest in the country, by the way, not out helping these Republican candidates win elections? Why isn't he not helping fundraising? Why is his crew out there who's giving so much money to him, wasting it $100 million on attack ads on Trump? Why isn't he helping finance these Republican candidates as well? Democrats have outspent Republicans in all of these races that they won. There are, it, it, the information's out there. I think Alex Bruschewitz on his Twitter posted us something on it with the, the spending of these races. Democrats outspent because Democrats know how to fundraise. Democrats big time know how to fundraise. Why isn't the RNC supplementing their campaigns? What is the RNC doing? What is Rona McDaniels doing? They're failing, just like they failed in the midterm elections. They actually, they funded against America First candidates. Kevin McCarthy did the same exact thing with his donors. <clears throat> oh, the, the pick is from 2020? Yeah, I have to go. I have to go look at it. I'll have to go look at it and, and, and find it. Whether it's from 2020 or 2023, it really doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is the guy's a sick pervert. The internet's forever. You're, you're not, eh, whatever. Forget him. Rona McDaniel needs to go. So Steve Bannon and John Solomon, they talked about it on Bannon's show. And again, in the wake of the general election, that the Republican Party suffered significant losses from, especially in constitutionally red states, Kentucky and Ohio, though Kentucky does like their Democrat governors. Ohio, where now you can kill babies up to birth, which is very weird. Ohio is a red state. It again, because we don't know how to message on abortion, and it should not be the pivotal issue of our elections when there are so many other things that should be. A growing chorus of voices within the party is directing at you know, their frustration at one figure in particular, Rona McDaniel, the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee. Get rid of her. Make Scott Pressler, who's doing unbelievable work all over the country for Republicans, make him RNC chairman. I think we would actually get some amazing victories. She won't even acknowledge him, and he's the hardest working Republican advocate and activist out there on the streets, boots on the ground. No one is working harder than Scott Pressler. Find me someone that is. Oh, here she is. God, she, she looks like an alien. Look at her. Here's a, a tweet from DC Drano. When you underperform in 18, 20, 22, and 23, but your uncle is a U.S. senator, so you have to, <laughs> you get to keep your job. Who's her uncle? I don't even know who her uncle is. Someone tell Rona McDaniel she's not allowed another filler of vial of Botox until the GOP wins an election. Look at this animal. We got to get rid of, we got rid of McCarthy. We got to get rid of McConnell. And we got to get rid of McDaniels. The luck of the Irish has run out. And I'm Irish and German. Yeah, you're sorry. 
all three of them. We got rid of one. We got to get rid of the other two in leadership. Our leadership is so weak and antiquated and establishment. It's sickening. It is sickening. Since Rona Romney McDaniel took over the GOP in 2017, Republicans have lost eight governor races, three Senate races, 19 House seats, and one presidential race. And yesterday, we suffered humiliating losses in deep red states, Ohio and Kentucky. Republicans are sick of Rona Botox Queen McDaniel. And here is Steve Bannon, who I'm not a fan of, but I get it. And John Solomon, who does some great work, is speaking about Rona on Bannon's war room. You got to go pretty far in the woods. You know, Solomon's been doing this a long time. You got to go pretty far in the woods to hit... John Solomon's tripwire, but it's been hit. So, John Solomon, what, what's, your, what's your beef this morning? Well, listen, I think at the end of the day, I keep watching this extraordinary dynamic play out, and it's played out in 2018, 2020, 2021, 2022, now 2023. Elections are won on a very simple strategy. You win by candidates, messaging, money, and get out the vote. And Republicans are losing on all four grounds. You looked at the data last night. They didn't win on money. They didn't win on messaging. They didn't win on get out the vote. And I think when you look at this, Donald Trump grew up in the era of New York uh, dominated by George Steinbrenner. When his managers didn't perform, he fired him because he wanted to get to the World Series. Republicans keep giving Ronna McDaniel a uh, promotion. They keep moving around. They keep hiring her for another season. Uh, Donald Trump has to make, I think, if he wants to win, all the people I've talked to in the last 12 hours. By the way, a lot of people saw this train wreck coming two days ago. Uh, they, they could see yeah. the early voting totals weren't where they needed to be. They were worried about get out the vote. They were getting killed in the messaging. But if your manager keeps losing World Series, usually, at least George Steinbrenner in the Donald Trump era of New York, he fired the manager. They keep keeping Ronald McDaniel despite all of the problems that are there. If you want to make a sudden change and get donors believing that maybe we can win in 2024, yep. which is what Republicans are saying, you got to do something dramatic. I think that starts at the RNC, which is not raising money well. It does not do a ground game. Listen, it's bank the vote idea is the stupidest idea I've ever seen. You know why? They want to just take people who vote on election day and get them to vote early. That does not change does the not. game. It's a net zero change in voting. You got to go out and get low propensity voters like Donald Trump and they're in not 2016 doing it. and 2020 and get them off their derriers to vote either early or no ground game. Early propensity voters. And yesterday, they didn't move their base. And a lot of people say, well, what's the big problem? I think the RNC has created an authenticity problem for the conservative movement. It's sometimes Trump. It's sometimes Romney. Uh, it, it, they say they're for cutting government spending, but they keep allowing government spending to balloon. They say they're for a closed border, but they haven't been able to make any change to the border <clears throat> since they got control to the House. They say they... Couldn't wait to overturn Roe v. Wade, and they haven't been able to govern in a Roe v. Wade. They can't even get a message on where Republicans stand. They are inauthentic, and voters know it. They feel this plastic inauthenticity yep. that needs to be a paddle shock supplied to the Republican <laughs> Party if they want to be in the game on 2024. And that starts with the leadership change. That's it's everybody I talk to. Uh, moderate Republicans, uh, dead red conservatives. They all agree a change has to be made. Trump is a once, not even a generation, maybe a lifetime phenomenon that comes in that allows you to reach out and, and access and connect with people who yeah. would never hear your message before. 
That's what MAGA is. The RNC is a pass-through. What they're supposed to do is raise money and, and set um, an apparatus out there that you, then you can plug in the content from like Trump and MAGA. They have cut, they failed to raise money. And the reason is they're not MAGA. People understand that. The only, you say they're sometimes Romney, sometimes, no, they're always donor. And the donors are always never Trump. It's quite simple. We have a misalignment of donors. And this is why Michigan and Arizona, they've cut off all these parties that folks took over with the precinct strategy, which is pure MAGA. They don't have anything to do with. What they want to do is put on a big $100 million convention in Milwaukee and have all the fat cats come out there and all wine and dine at all these parties. And what they want to do is go to Miami tonight and be skipping around in front of NBC and having big parties, have their whole staffs down there in these four-star hotels, burning cash on a, on a, on a, on a debate that hurts because it's so far, it's neoliberal, neocon that has nothing to do with what the 2024 is going to be about. None of those people on the stage are going to have any relevance in what's going on, except for taking cheap shots at Donald Trump, John Solomon. Well, listen, what Republican Party in your lifetime or my lifetime couldn't get the leading Republican candidate to participate in the debates? What does that tell you? The Republican Party can't even get its guy at 60% approval rating in the primary polling to show up for a debate. Why? Because they've got the wrong approach. And I think at some point, you can either keep walking into these races and losing and cry the morning after, or you take some significant change. And I think talking to the big donor base, and by the way, some of the big donors are fed up. They're done with the RNC. That's why the RNC's fundraising has begun to lag. They don't believe that the RNC can uh, come up with a winning message or a winning ground game or winning candidates. And so they're starting to fund outside activities. And of course that creates a whole different dynamic of people fighting against each other. If you wanna, if you wanna get rid of the cancer, start at the source of the, the disease. And right now the RNC is its source. It has failed for- RNC is elections. a cancer. Uh, it's time for someone to say, hey, that's what it is. We need a change. We need a change. RNC is the cancer. They have no ground game. Donors are walking away. I'm a big advocate. Never donate to the RNC. We don't know where the money's going. Well, no, we do know where the money's going. The money's going for big, lavish events, for staffers, for RNC staffers, for other, for big donors, four-star hotels, restaurants, whatever it is. They're not going towards funding campaigns. It's like another type of money laundering operation with donor money. Donors are walking away. Grassroots donors. Big donors. I can't tell you how many people have told me I stopped giving my monthly contribution to the RNC and I will only donate to a specific campaign that that aligns with my values as America First or MAGA. So you have to have a ground game. The ballot box stuffing. We need a bet. We need an army to watch ballot boxes because they're not going away. We need an army out there bringing the ballot to those voters that typically don't come out to vote. The turnout on election day among Republicans was disgusting. Well, Trump wasn't on the ballot. That's not a fucking excuse. And Rona McDaniels injecting her stupid fat fucking face with lard is not doing anything but destroying the Republican Party. I'd love a real deep dive expose into Rona McDaniels and see what the fuck she's really about. Follow the money. And John Solomon hit the nail on the head. We need 
a dramatic event within the party. That dramatic event needs to be the removal, forcing Rona McDaniel out. The party needs to turn its back on the leadership and shut them off, cut the head off the snake. We are not acknowledging you. We are ousting you. We need fresh blood that actually want. The only ground game out there, real ground game, is what Scott Pressler is doing. Imagine Scott Pressler's ground game with $10 million behind him and let him unleash on the entire country. That man would probably single-handedly change the face of elections. But what are we doing? He can't even get an acknowledgement on social media from that Filthy, vile twat, Rona McDaniel. When's my next Botox and Botox and uh, injection? When is my next high-end meal at a four-star restaurant where donors are kissing my ass? That's what they need: volunteers watching ballot boxes, not to stand there intimidating voters with weapons, to watch, record, report. Scott Pressler has written manuals on this shit that no one from the RNC will acknowledge. They want to have their big events, their big conventions, and all for what? If we continue on this path, we do not have a shot at the the White House in 2024. Really painful to hear. If we continue on this path, it's inevitable and it's a fact. And we'll be crying about it the next day. And it'll either be It was rigged and stolen, or our leadership has failed us once again because a year before, a year prior to the general, when we were talking about it on MAGA mornings and so many other Republicans are talking about removing the leadership and replacing it with people that actually have a plan and a ground game and a way to fundraise and to change the trajectory of the Republican Party so people will want to give money to it, Imagine if MAGA was at the helm of the RNC and the amount of grassroots funding that would come in when we actually see it doing good for the country. But no, because we have pieces of garbage from the establishment running the show. It's wild. Botox Rona needs to go. Because you will keep hearing this. This vile... This vile animal is not going away. People would get legitimately elected, mm-hmm. and then they would try to do away with elections and do away with opposition and she do think, away with yeah. a free press. And you could see it in countries where, well, Hitler was duly elected, That's right? right? Yeah. And Listen so all of a sudden, somebody with those tendencies, those dictatorial, authoritarian tendencies would be like, okay, we're going to shut this down. We're going to throw these people in jail. And and they didn't usually telegraph that. Trump is telling us what he intends to do. She's literally comparing Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler, that Donald Trump will come into office and cancel elections. He will be the dictator. He will throw people in jail. There are people that need to be thrown in jail. Don't get me wrong. But this animal will say that and then swear well, Democrats don't want to do that. Democrats want to serve, want to serve the will of the people, want to protect democracy. 
She literally just said Trump wants to cancel elections and be a dictator and throw people in jail because of their views. And then she talks about Trump supporters like this. Look, there are people who still you know, support him. They say they're going to vote for him. We just have to limit the number of those right. people. Uh, what? Wait, what? support them they say they're going to vote for them we just have to limit the number of those right. people wait a minute what did she just say they're going to vote for them we just have to limit the number of those right. people and reach out to those who are having second thoughts who say well you know i thought he would have done better or how much longer is he going to do this rigged election thing or look at all the problems he's got in the court system well one because the elections are rigged and two we have to get rid of these people. We have to limit the number of these people. After she just said Donald Trump would come in like Adolf Hitler and cancel elections and throw people in jail, she says we have to limit the number of Trump supporters, eliminate Trump supporters. Did, she, did, you, did she really just, just say that? She did. We, have, we just have to limit the number of those people, you know, the deplorables. She wants us in jail. And then and what's great is she also just said, how long are these people going to talk about that the election is rigged and stolen? She just said, how long are these people going to talk about elections being rigged and stolen? And then this happens. <laughs> you know, by the way, you know, Miss Mrs. Clinton did win the popular vote. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I continue to believe that you won. I don't care what they said. I continue to believe that you won. I don't care what they say. Because these people want to disenfranchise small communities and states in the United States of America and do away with the Electoral College and only have mob rule. That is why we have the Electoral College, because if we did not, there would be places in this great republic we live in who would not be able to have any say on what goes on in our country as far as governing and who represents and who, and who leads us. The popular vote, that's all they care about. They care about mob rule, the... the specific majority and that's why they want to do away with the electoral college hillary clinton especially but you just heard this animal joy bayar say that she still believes that hillary clinton win won the election but then hillary clinton will say how long are these people going to believe rigged and stolen elections they talk about election deniers Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, talking about hijacked elections right after the 2020 election. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. There are people that still take Hillary Clinton seriously, and there are people that still believe the shit that the Clintons put out there and that these sick Democrat families put out there, the Obamas, and that Joe Biden is actually a good president that has put out and that has produced positive results because people like this 
fuel that. But is Joe Biden, when five, four out of five battleground polls have him losing to Trump, the best person to take him on? Yes, he is. And he's done a really good job as president. And, yeah. you know, I, I like to evaluate people in public life on what have they gotten done for us. Yeah. And, you know, you look at his record, despite all of the odds, he's really produced positive results. But mm -hmm. but is Joe Biden positive results? Can someone please tell me what positive results Joe Biden has brought to this country? I I have not felt any or seen any. I, I don't I I have not personally have have felt the uh, effects of positive results. So if there are any out there, I'm open. I'm open to it. All right, a couple more things. There was something I wanted to get to yesterday that I thought was pretty important. Um, and it was Matt Gates and Troy Nels had the uh, Bureau of Prisons, Bureau of Federal Prisons director um, at a hearing. And Matt Gates brought up about the treatment of January 6th political prisoners, including Owen Schroyer and John Strand and others. And there was a video of it. I'm going to go right to the video um, so we can... Second, I have to get it. Here we go. Let me just get it here so we have it. But check this out. This is, the, this is a congressional hearing. Matt Gates speaking to the director of, of federal prisons, talking about the treatment of certain prisoners, specifically January 6th prisoners, including Owen Schroyer, who's in there for 60 days uh, because he exercised his First Amendment and never went into the Capitol. I was very heartened by your discussion of site visits to our prisons to get a uh, firsthand understanding of what's going on there. Uh, sometimes members of Congress have had challenges doing that. Could you give us some advice if, if we wanted to glean those benefits and get that firsthand uh, experience, but what's the best way for us to go about that with your team? Thank you, Congressman. So if you have your team reach out to our Office of Legislative Affairs, we will be happy to make that arrangement. Thank you so much. Um, does the Bureau of they Prisons do retaliate against people based on, political, on, on constitutionally protected speech? I have been very clear that retaliation will not be stood for on my watch. And, and you're confident that that's being observed throughout the Bureau? I'm confident that message has been delivered, and if anyone engages in retaliation, we will hold them accountable. Are you familiar with the matter of John Strand? That name is not familiar to me right, now. So Mr. Strand was a witness at a hearing that we had uh, regarding some of the civil rights concerns of people who had interacted with the Department of Justice in January 6 uh, matters. He was convicted, sentenced in his, at FCI Miami, and I had received word that he had been placed into enhanced confinement and into higher acuity uh, securing, securing uh, as a consequence of information that others had put out on his Twitter feed. So is that something you, does that ring a bell to you? Congressman, I wouldn't be able to speak to an individual's um, circumstances regarding their behavior inside our institutions. What I can assure you is that if an individual is placed in our special housing units, it would be for conduct that happened inside the institution. 
So is, what's a special housing unit? A special housing unit is one of our uh, restrictive housing placements that could include disciplinary segregation, protective custody, um, and would house individuals that either were at harm to harm their, themselves or others, or had actually engaged in misbehavior inside our institutions. What, what I'm worried about is that Mr. Strand gave us testimony about some of his concerns and as you know, people give us testimony, we sort through what's right and wrong and should be acted on and shouldn't be acted on. It's not gospel, it's just testimony. Uh, but then thereafter, people were posting on some of his social media platforms his concerns about the treatment he'd received at the Bureau. And then I sent a letter to you concerned about that because like you, I don't want anyone retaliated against for constitutionally protected speech. And, and thereafter, I got a letter back from the aforementioned Office of Legislative Affairs in your office, and they say, in part, Mr. Strand was moved to a secure housing unit with increased supervision and frequent employee contact on September 26, 2023, pending completion of an investigation. So I guess my question is, when, when someone, is that like akin to what we would normally think about as solitary confinement? Those words, secure housing unit with increased supervision and frequent employee contact? We would use the word restrictive housing. Okay. So what's this then? Because this guy's a non-violent, he was never violent toward anyone. So I'm just wondering why the, the assets that we fund for the highest acuity violent people would be used for this purpose. Uh, Congressman, we use that uh, special housing unit for individuals that um, engage in any sort of misconduct inside our institutions. I don't know what he he was found to be guilty of by our hearings administrative process that would warrant his uh, need to go into restrictive housing. But Sounds I assure like you we to have me. administrative processes that people have to go through before those placements actually occur. Yeah, I, I get that. You, you can't know the conditions of every single prisoner throughout the Bureau. This is one I've ripened and sent to you because I am worried that throughout our, DO, our Department of Justice and, and what we've endured, that there are some people who are sort of being used as pawns and they're being mistreated in order to send a message to other people. And I'm grateful that you've said here that is not your doctrine. You don't want to see that happen, but you also haven't been able to share with us an entire confidence that isn't happening in some cases. And I'm worried that it's, it's happening here. Have you heard of the matter of Owen Schreyer? No, that name is not familiar to Very me. Very similar fact pattern. You know, somebody who'd sort of spoken out, was, was prominent in the public, was convicted as a consequence of activities on January 6th, and now feels as though there's specific Bureau of Prison retaliation. I don't think any group of people should be retaliated against. So I look forward to taking you up on the offer to perhaps go in a, and, and do some site visits and, and see how people are being treated and get that information directly. So I, I hope I get prompt cooperation from OLA. So, one, he opened the door to hopefully allowed site visits. Now, remember, they barred Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene from going into the D.C. jail and checking on the condition and uh, of how the January 6ers were being treated after there was mountains of evidence that they were not treating being treated uh, nicely and being made to basically live in squalor. People who were not convicted of any crimes who were just there with charges of trespassing and things. Owen Schroyer is, is in a federal prison for 60 days for exercising his First Amendment right to constitutional free speech and assembly. Granted, he signed that agreement. However, now he's being put into supposed uh, some type of restrictive housing. 
solitary confinement. Nobody knows why when you're only in there for 60 days if he did something or if they are retaliating against him because of who he is, what he stood for, where he was, and and his political uh, ideologies. So we have to stay tuned for this to see, again, I'm confident that Gates's office will reach out to the Bureau of Prisons and this director and say, hey, we want a site visit. They may stall them. They may find a way because of security concerns. None of this would surprise me if they come back to him and says, well, due to security conditions and to, to uh, because of risking your safety, we cannot allow you uh, for a tour into the prisons, which is completely bullshit. And I hope that they get some uh, cooperation from the uh, the office, the the prison administration for federal prisons. But not only that, during this hearing, this is this is quite interesting. Which we knew this was. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I I knew that they wanted to do it. I didn't know if it was being done. But apparently, our federal tax money is going towards the gender-affirming surgeries for federal prisoners. Representative Troy Nels, big cigar guy, out of Texas, grills the Bureau of Prisoner Director Colette Peters, who was just you just heard, on transgender prison policies in House Judiciary hearing. Same hearing. And there's a video of this as well. Just know, people, that these are... Oh, I might get an ad here. Stand by. Oh, maybe not. Um, these are federal prisons that are funded by us, the taxpayer. It's taxpayer funded. We fund the government. They dole out the budgets. And we now have federal prisoners that are, we're paying for their gender-affirming surgeries to transition them within prison. So I guess that means that they're all just mixed genders in there, and I can't imagine what goes on with that. But and, and again, I said that that I could see this happening, and I know that they wanted it to happen. But I didn't watch this video, by the way. So I'm 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 curious to see where it goes. It's uh, well, let, let's hear what Troy Nels has to say. The chair now recognizes the gentleman from Texas, Mr. Nels. Thank you, Madam Chair, uh, Director Peters. Thank you for being here. Uh, as you know, in 2018, President Donald J. Trump rightfully rolled back. Obama-era policies related to its transgender offender manual. President Trump's policy simply removed a sentence that instructed BOP officials to consider transgender inmates' gender identity when making decisions regarding prison housing. President Trump mandated BOP officials use biological sex, now biological sex, as the initial determination for placement decisions. I believe this was common sense. I think America would agree. Uh, ladies uh, should be held with ladies, and I think men should be housed with men. But in a string of policy reversals over the past three years, President Biden reissued Obama's guidelines. Given even further to require prison staff to use a transgender person's preferred names and pronouns. Uh, you agree with this? Congressman, we are required to provide medical and mental health care for all individuals, including those so who that answer, identify then as that's transgender. So that's a yes, pretty yes. much a yes, okay. 
In your testimony, you stated recognizing that incarcerated women, including those in the LGBTQ community, require different resources and support than men. We recognize that we must create environments now, create environments for these bad hombres that respond to the bad realities hombres. of women's lives and address the issues specific to their lived experiences, end quote. So can you provide the definition of a woman? What is a woman, since you believe there's a difference? Uh, Congressman, so I think in the supermajority of our housing placements at the Federal Bureau of Prisons, we place individuals based on their biological sex. Um, all but 11 individuals at the Federal Bureau of Prisons are um, placed in housing assignments based on their biological sex okay. in their... When does that start then, Director? So, okay, so I just got convicted of robbing convenience stores. And all of a sudden I go to court and they convict me and I'm going to prison. And now instead of saying, my name is Troy Nails, I'm now gonna say, my name is Susie Nails. <laughs> and I am a woman, right? I just make that claim. At what point in time during this spectrum will that allow me then to release the bull into the pen of heifers? So, Congressman, in this scenario, I suspect you're talking about producing a false claim. and that well, whatever. I mean, how can you deny it? Man. I believe I'm a woman now. But what, what would happen then is it would trigger a very complex, serious evaluation from degreed medical, medical doctors oh, and psychologists who would conduct an evaluation um, based on your but I believe gender it. identity. Have we released, to your knowledge, have we released anybody that has not gone through the transition into the pen of heifers? Have we released them? Sorry, sir. Yes, not if I say I'm a man, I'm a woman now, and I haven't had any surgeries up to this point, maybe I'll get them while I'm in prison, I'm assuming we're paying for those, right? We have paid for two gender-affirming Hey, two. So once Unbelievable. You start, you're going to continue. You ain't changing that, right? There are five. I mean, look at this guy. This is an interesting guy, folks. Look at this guy. His name is Peter Langan. He got long hair. Look at this guy. He looks like a bad, bad guy. He is a bad guy. He's a, he's a Nazi, ex-Nazi terrorist. He's a bad, bad hombre. And this guy <laughs> wants to be referred to as Donna. Do your, do your employees, do you require them to say... Call this guy now named, he must be called Donna. Uh, Congressman, no. And in fact, in order to produce a name change. Well, he's suing, he's suing you all because he wants to, uh, he wants to, he's claiming that his Eighth Amendment rights were violated for not being provided gender conforming surgery. For the people at home, this man is an ex Nazi bank robber. In June, his lawsuit was settled, and I'd like to know whether this means that inmates now have the Eighth Amendment right to sex changes. Are we paying for guys like this who are just sick? We send them to prison. We're restricting their freedom, and now this guy says he wants to be Donna. I suppose I understand why he'd want to be Donna, because you want to release this guy into the pen of heifers. You're releasing the stud into the pen of heifers is what you're doing. Isn't that what a guy would want to do? If I'm going to prison for 10 years and you're restricting my freedom, I guess I would want to go to the prison where the ladies are. Wouldn't you suggest that? Wouldn't that be a good idea? And if you're allowing that to take place through this process by talking to these shrinks and these guys, I'm going to convince you I'm a woman and I'm going to enjoy five years in prison. Matter of fact, half of them would probably say, don't even release me on patrol. I'm having too much fun here. I'm having too much fun. It is. <laughs> it's great.
So they, they've paid for, that she knows of, two sex change operations, gender-affirming surgeries, replacing your pole with a hole. And, and we're paying for it. We're paying for it. And I, I'm, if it's two, it's 20. And it'll keep happening. Treat the January Sixers who didn't go into the Capitol like complete shit, who don't have criminal records, but people who are hardened criminals in and out of the criminal justice system in federal prison who decide they want to change their sex. Oh, not only can you change your sex, but we'll, 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 we'll pay for it. We'll pay for it. This is what's happening. It's complete bizarro world. Uh, one more thing for bizarro world. Actually, two. Two things. I mentioned earlier about the FBI going after a January 6th or FBI SWAT teams and helicopters and everything else. The DOJ, they convicted Elaine Maxwell, right, for the Epstein bullshit, the, the Epstein Island, the client list that nobody has seen, which they have a copy of. It's suppressed. Rumors are that she's going to speak about it. She's going to give up names. I don't believe it. Nobody wants to talk about that. But what the DOJ wants to do is they want to brag about announcing the arrests in high-end brothel network used by elected officials, military officers, doctors, and more. Distraction, deflection, because maybe, just maybe there's some low-level elected officials that use this high-end brothel network. Listen to me. Chuck Schumer hires hookers all over the place. It's a fact. It's one of those things that's hard to prove. But when you know, you know, it's a fucking fact. Look at Elliot Spitzer and the prostitutes. They all do it. They all go to these cities. They all go to places. And they're, we're talking high end, not the, not the $10 fucking hookers you find on the street corner. We're talking $1,500 to $2,000 hookers that are most likely getting paid by, they, they are getting, we're paying for them too, to have these discreet encounters with whores. Who knows, maybe some of them having them with men because they're all sick. This is what the DOJ cares about and wants to show you. Look at, look at this. We, 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 broke, we broke this big case, the high-end brothel network used by elected officials. It'll be some, if, if, if we get names of who the elected officials are as an update to this story, it'll be low-level, state-level, whatever it is. Elected officials. It's not going to be anybody notable. We're not going to see congressmen. We're not going to be see senators, unless, of course, it's someone that they want to out, that they want to get rid of. Okay, military officers, doctors, and more. Probably generals wearing leather dog masks, calling you know weird prostitutes to whip them. The Justice Department on Wednesday, yesterday, announces arrests in high-end brothel network used by elected officials, military officers, doctors, and more. Where's the Epstein client list? Why aren't there, why doesn't this say DOJ announced arrests in the largest child human trafficking operation used by elected officials, military officers, Hollywood stars, doctors, and more? Why don't we seeing that headline? We will never see that headline. The three individuals have been arrested in connection with operating sophisticated high-end brothels in greater Boston, Eastern Virginia, D.C. areas. 
Commercial sex buyers allegedly included elected officials, high-tech and pharmaceutical executives, doctors, military officers, government contractors that possess security clearances, professors, attorneys, scientists, and accountants, among others, the U.S. Attorney's Office of the District of Massachusetts said. Are they going to release this list? According to the DOJ, the following defendants have been charged. All right, three Asian guys. Big fucking deal. Two from Massachusetts, one from California. Three of them. How much human trafficking is going on through this high-end brothel? Where's the Epstein client list? Where is the Epstein client list? According to the charging documents, the defendants operate in an interstate prostitution network with multiple brothels from July of 2020 to present in Cambridge and Watertown, Massachusetts, as well as Fairfax and Tyson's, Virginia. How many D.C. swamp creatures went and got hookers and my question is, did they arrest any of the hookers and are how many of them are underage? Confirmed. The U.S. Attorney's Office did not disclose the client list. Well, no. But we're going to talk about this case. We're not going to tell you who the client list is. Will this client list leak? Because this client list is smaller than the big client list that they want to hide because the people that want to hide it are most likely on it or possibly on it. This case goes back to the summer of 2022 when investigators identified several buyers through surveillance phone records and interview interviews. Acting U.S. Attorney from Massachusetts, Joshua Levy, said the buyers who made up this ring hail from an array of professions. He added they are doctors, they are lawyers, they are accountants, they are elected officials. They are executives of high-tech companies and pharmaceutical companies. They are military officers, government contractors, professor, professors, and scientists. They are men who fuel this commercial sex ring. If they're not going to disclose the client list, are they the people on that client list, the doctors, the high-end tech company and pharmaceutical executives, the elected officials, the contractors, the scientists, are they all going to be arrested? And at some point, their record will be public? Are, are, are they going to make the arrests of the clients? There are potentially hundreds of individuals who took these services as commercial sex buyers, Levy said, noting the investigation into the brothel is still ongoing. Okay, it's in the hands of the DOJ and the FBI. Are the FBI sending out their SWAT teams to every single person on those client lists, crashing through their doors, bearcats on the lawn, smoke grenades, guns in families' faces, or is that only reserved for January 6th or standing? A football, a football field away from the Capitol, yelling through a megaphone, don't go in there, 1776. Alleged prospective sex buyers in this scheme first had to respond to a survey and provide information online, including their driver's license photos, so they have all of this. Their employer information, credit card information, and they often paid a monthly fee to be part of this. It's a club. It's a fucking club. They have all their information. Will they arrest anybody from it? Will they arrest anybody? Where's the Epstein client list? Wow. That's the honeypot to get them for blackmail. They've all, all these people committed crimes being sex buyers, right? All these so-called elected officials and pharmaceutical and high-tech executives. Are they going to get arrested? This is interesting. I, don't, I haven't seen this story anywhere else. Bearcats are out of service after the last round they did. They're not available at this time. <laughs> oh, my God. And if that's not crazy enough, 
your favorite Chinese dictator, Xi Jinping, is going to meet with business leaders in San Francisco right after Gavin Newsom was in China tackling kids on basketball courts. Chinese dictator Xi Jinping is set to attend a dinner with top U.S. executives during his visit to San Francisco for the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperative. Oh, it's convenient. Summit next week. Hundreds are expected at the dinner, including CEOs from major U.S. corporations. Oh, we'll give you money. Make us money in China. The Biden administration in China have been working to stabilize relationships this, relations this year. No, they're not. They're working so that Biden can enrich his family. China wants to be the superpower. They don't want competition, and that's what the Biden regime will tell you. They want to dominate the world by like 2040 or something like that. I forgot what the year is. They, they want to be the superpower. They want to wipe America off the off of the planet, not militarily, but economically and financially, and just watch us collapse. They want us to implode. Jinping's visit to the U.S. aims to ease the concerns of foreign investors. He should not be allowed in this country. He should not be allowed to step foot in this country. Recent surveys indicate Western executives are apprehensive about conducting business in China due to a growing list of actions by the Chinese government that include geopolitical tensions, economic slowdown, detention of employees, and the sudden disappearance of wealthy Chinese businessmen. <laughs> Fuck this guy. And he's coming to San Francisco. Gavin Newsom will be up his ass. Gavin Newsom is running a shadow campaign for president and will most likely be the 2024 nominee. But bit of good news. The last thing, and we're calling it a day, bit of good news. I mentioned this about a week or so ago, this Minnesota Supreme Court justice talking about the leftist judge that wants to take Donald Trump off of the ballot for under the 14th Amendment, which is not happening. It's losing everywhere. Minnesota Supreme Court flatly rejects bid to block Trump from primary ballot after Chief Justice dresses down leftist lawyer. This just this uh, update of the article came out yesterday evening. The Minnesota Supreme Court flatly rejected a bid to block Donald Trump from the primary ballot. Lost again. 14th Amendment does not apply. He cannot be taken off the primary ballot in Minnesota. Minnesota's high court last Thursday held a hearing on whether Trump could be blocked from the 2024 ballot. Eight Minnesota voters filed this lawsuit citing the 14th Amendment. To keep Trump off the ballot, a leftist lawyer appeared before the Minnesota Supreme Court last Thursday to argue the state has the authority to block Trump from the 2024 ballot. Of course, the legal theories were Section 3, the Constitution's 14th Amendment, which is complete bullshit. Trump has not been charged with engaging in insurrection and rebellion against the United States. We know that. Five of the Minnesota's justices, four of whom are Democrats, appeared skeptical that states can decide whether Trump can appear on the 2024 ballot. Two of the justices recused themselves from the case. Last week, the Chief Justice, Natalie Hudson, black woman, by the way, sharply criticized the leftist lawyer's argument and said, this is a national matter for Congress to decide. Minnesota's high court flatly rejected the Democrats' lawyer bid to block Trump from the primary ballot. Love to see it. There is no state statute that prohibits a major political party from placing on the presidential nomination primary ballot a candidate who is ineligible to hold office, Chief Justice Natalie Hudson said in a four-page order, according to AFP. 
According to AFP, the Minnesota Supreme Court said it would consider a similar claim to keep Trump off the 2024 general election ballot at a later date. In other words, they, they can bring it to the court. It's going to be the same outcome. Similar 14th Amendment lawsuits are being fought in states across the nation. There's Colorado. There's other places. Other blue states are going to do it. Wouldn't surprise me if they do it in New York, other places. But you know what? It's um, it's 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 not it's not going to happen. They they want it to happen. Hold on, I got to check something here before we go. I don't know why. Oh no, okay, never mind. All right, all right. With that, people, I'm going to leave you with another great. Wait, hold on. Stand by. The computer is just acting up here a second. All right. I think we're good now. I'm going to leave you with another great video from Little Memes, a Dilly meme team. And uh, again, always great work by these people. We have just gotten word former President Donald Trump has been indicted. It's the first time in the nation's 246-year history just makes that a them stronger. former president has been indicted. This is a disgrace. Let's be clear, folks. This is... Like, communist-level shit. <laughs> President Donald Trump, they don't want him busting through the gates again and getting reelected because that scares the hell out of him. They spied on his campaign. They raided his home. Now they indict him. They've been after him. But in spite of everyone being after him, he, he said he would reduce regulations. He did. He said he would cut taxes. He did. He said he would build a wall. He did. He said he would put the embassy in Jerusalem. He did. He said he would get us out of that crazy Iran deal, and he did. He said he would put conservatives on our highest court. He did. He did what he told us, we the people, that he would do. They are doing anything they can to stop him and to stop what he is trying to accomplish. Americans will rally around him because he stood for things they believe in, and they came after him because they want to come after you right. and all of us. He's number one in the polls. He's the only one who can stop this lawlessness. He's the only one who will restore equal justice under the law. It will be my personal mission that the America you know and love is gone, and it's why we need to fight to bring her back. Yes, we do. America is on the edge of an abyss, and our movement is the only force on Earth that can save it. Either the deep state destroys America, or we destroy the deep state. If you put me back in the White House, their reign is over. I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. This is the final battle. They know it. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. This is it. It's time to deliver a victory for the American people. We are going to start winning again. We sure need to. We're standing in front of a, a freight train here. How we need a big it? win. Um, remains to be seen. We need a big win, people. We need a big win. All right, everybody, listen, I will be back tomorrow morning, 
8 a.m. Eastern. It's Freedom Friday. I'm also going to be on Steak for Breakfast tomorrow doing the new Steak for Breakfast podcast tomorrow. So that'll pop off on all the audio platforms in uh, tomorrow late afternoon. But uh, until tomorrow, everybody, MAGA Hat stays on 8 a.m. Eastern, Monday to Friday. Make sure you're hitting the like button, the thumbs up, and all that. I'll see you tomorrow. When he salutes the flag, the flag salutes back. When he questions the outcome of an election, the DOJ indicts itself. When he sneezes, people say, God bless America. Cuba imports cigars from him. He is the most patriotic man in America. I don't always smoke cigars, but when I do, I smoke Patriots. Stay MAGA, my friends. Mm, my favorite. Can I get one of those? No, Bill. We all know what you like to do with cigars. Patriot Cigars, a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. The Patriot Cigar Company's story started with Alan Jacoby's love of cigars and love of America. There's no better way to celebrate the freedoms we cherish than smoking a premium Patriot cigar. Whether it's TNTs, Moabs, Hellfires, or Mark 48 torpedoes, all Patriot cigars are handmade and blended with 100% long filler premium Nicaraguan tobacco to bring you the smoothest smoking experience imaginable. Patriot cigars are enjoyed by many of MAGA's finest. Do yourselves a favor and order some today. God bless America and God bless Patriot cigars.